This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. This is Ted Webb from Radio Control, high over the tri-oval of this magnificent two-and-a-half-mile super speedway, where today we will have the annual Daytona 500 Grand National Race. Starting on the pole by virtue of having qualified the car at an almost unbelievable 180-plus miles an hour is the veteran Curtis Turner of Charlotte, North Carolina. He'll be in car number 13. It's a 66 Chevelle. Starting second in car number 43, Richard Petty of Randleman, North Carolina, in a 67 Plymouth. Starting in third spot in car number 12, Leroy Yarbrough of Columbia, South Carolina, in a 67 Charger. Starting fourth in car number 28 is Fred Lorenzen of Elmhurst, Illinois, and he's driving a 67 Ford. In fifth starting position in car number 27, A.J. Foyt of Houston, Texas, and he, too, is in a 67 Ford. Starting sixth in car number 26, Darrell Derringer, Charlotte, North Carolina, a 67 Ford. In seventh position, car number 99, Paul Goldsmith of Munster, Indiana, in a 67 Plymouth. In eighth starting position in car number 21, Cale Yarbrough of Charlotte, North Carolina, in a 67 Ford. Starting ninth in car number three, Buddy Baker, Charlotte, North Carolina, in a 67 Charger. Then in tenth position, car number 29, Dick Hutchison from Keokuk, Iowa, in a 67 Ford. Hal Hamrick, will you come in and give us the next 10? All right, in 11th starting position, car number 42, Tony Lund of Cross, South Carolina, driving a 66 Plymouth. 12th position, starting position, car number 11, Mario Andretti of Nazareth, Pennsylvania, in a 67 Ford. In 13th starting position, car number 14, Jim Pascal of High Point, North Carolina, driving a 67 Plymouth. 14th starting position, car number 2, Don White of Keokuk, Iowa, in a 67 Charger. 15th starting position, car number 6, David Pearson of Spartanburg, South Carolina, driving a 67 Charger. In 16th starting position, car number 1, Paul Lewis of Johnson City, Tennessee, driving a 67 Charger. In 17th starting position, car number 37, Charles Glotzbach of New Albany, Indiana, and a 65 Dodge. In 18th starting position, car number 90, Sonny Hutchins of Richmond, Virginia, driving a 67 Ford. 19th starting position, car number 48, Rookie of the Year James Hilton of Inman, South Carolina, and a 65 Dodge. And in 20th starting position, car number 31, Innes Ireland of London, England, driving a 66 Dodge. Back to radio control. Ronnie Hall, come in, please, with some more of the lineup. Starting in the 21st position is Gary Bettenhausen of Tenley Park, Illinois, in a 66 Ford. In the 22nd starting position, driving car 85 is Gordon Johncock of Hastings, Michigan, a 67 Plymouth. In the 23rd starting position, driving car 71, Bobby Isaacs of Catawba, North Carolina, in a 67 Charger. In the 24th starting position, driving car 4, John Sears of Ellerby, North Carolina, a 66 Ford. In the 25th position, driving car zero, Ramos Stott of Keokuk, Iowa, a 66 Plymouth. In the 26th starting position, car double zero, Neil Castles of Charlotte, North Carolina, at a 65 Plymouth. In the 27th starting position, driving car zero four is Cuckoo Marlin of Columbia, Tennessee, a 65 Chevrolet. In the 28th starting position, driving car 76, Red Farmer of Hueytown, Alabama, a 66 Ford. 
In the 29th starting position in car 41 is Doris Wisecarver of Zanesville, Ohio, a 66 Ford. And in the 30th starting position, driving car 36, H.B. Bailey of Houston, Texas, a 66 Pontiac. Back now to radio control. Over to Bob McGinley for more of the rundown. Thank you, Ted. Starting in 31st spot, driving car number 16, Bobby Allison from Ueytown, Alabama, in a 67 Mercury. 32nd starting position, driving car number 78, Ben Lane from Wrightsville, Georgia, a 66 Chevrolet. 33rd starting position, driving car number 64, Elmo Langley from Landover, Maryland, in a 66 Ford. 34th starting position, driving car number 39, Friday Hassler from Scottsboro, Alabama, a 66 Chevelle. In 35th starting position, driving car number 79 is Frank Warren from Augusta, Georgia, a 66 Chevrolet. 36th starting position, driving car number 97, Henley Gray from Rome, Georgia, a 67 Ford. In 37th starting position, driving car number 7, Bobby Johns from Miami, Florida, a 66 Chevelle. 38th starting position, driving car number 34, Wendell Scott from Danville, Virginia, in a 65 Ford. 39th starting position, driving car number 62, Ken Spikes from Cordell, Georgia, a 67 Pontiac. In 40th starting position, driving car number 20 is Clyde Lynn from Christiansburg, Virginia, a 66 Ford, and we go back to radio control. Bob Smith, will you conclude the rundown? In 41st starting position, car number 15, Sam McQuag of Columbus, Georgia, a 1967 Mercury. In 42nd starting position, car number 10, Jim Hurtabees of North Tonawanda, New York, in a 67 Plymouth. In 43rd starting position, car number 40, Jerry Grant of El Condido, California, driving a 1967 Plymouth. In 44th starting position, car number 05, Donnie Allison of Hueytown, Alabama, in a 66 Chevelle. In 45th starting position, car number 49, G.C. Spencer of Jonesboro, Tennessee, in a 67 Plymouth. 46th starting position, car number 19, J.T. Putney of Arden, North Carolina, driving a 66 Chevelle. In 42nd starting position, car number 46, Roy Main of Oxon Hill, Maryland, driving a 66 Chevy. 48th starting position will be car number 51, George England of Dallas, Texas, driving a 1965 Chevrolet. 49th starting position, car number 80, Bob Pickle of Flemington, New Jersey, on his 66 Chevrolet. And rounding out the 50-car field is car number 45, Blackie Watt of New Alexandria, Pennsylvania, in a 66 Chevrolet. Now back to radio control. And that is the starting lineup. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with his own nicotine pouches. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top-tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. 
Here we are back at the speedway now, and one more lap to go before we'll get that green bunting dropped down here directly below us here in radio control by starter Johnny Bruner, Jr. Let's go up to the first turn. Hal Hamrick. Okay, the cars are all lined up. The beautiful golden black Chevelle, driven by Curtis Turner, along with that petty blue Plymouth up front. Leading a beautiful pack of cars through this high first and second turn. These guys look like they're ready to race. The cars sound like they're ready. We're ready. We'll be describing the action back to radio control. And over to Barney Hall. They're passing right underneath me right now. As Hal said, a most beautiful sight. Every color in the rainbow represented in this beautiful field of automobiles. For weeks, many of these drivers have been here preparing, and this is the day of reckoning. And we'll find out what happens very shortly. Back now to radio control. Bob McGinley. And you can sense the uh, air of anticipation, and there's quite a thrill here to watch them coming down, shining in the sun. Wheel to wheel and bumper to bumpers are coming off the backstretch. The pace car now going into the third turn. The field just entering the turn, lined up and ready to go, and the fans and the drivers alike are going to see a lot of action this afternoon. Back to radio control. Bob Smith. Pace car heading into my position right now. We'll watch for a hand to see if they're going to indicate any more laps of pace. The two lead cars, Curtis Turner and Richard Petty, running side by side, keeping this field down to a respectable speed here on these pace laps before they mash it to the floor and take off on the uh, 500 mile, the ninth annual running of the Daytona 500. The cars look beautiful. They're all lined up as they move through the fourth turn, head into the trial. Now back to radio control. One car, and it's that of Jim Pascoe, came in before the green flag ever dropped, and they have changed tires. The car is now on pit road. We may get the green this time they come now into the tri-oval directly below us here is the start finish line it looks as if we might very well get a start now and we do the green flag is out and they're racing take it out okay and here they come with curtis turner pulling out in front ahead and of course it's a real real battle toward this first turn they're four and five abreast coming into here curtis turner up about five car lengths richard teddy in second place and A.J. Boyd in the third place as they go into the high bank first and second turn. Leroy Arbor trying to jockey. He's in fourth spot. Freddie Lorenzen is riding in the number five spot with Buddy Baker in sixth spot as they go down the long back straightaway. Richard Petty trying to catch up. There goes Leroy Arbor on the inside. And three of grass going down the back straightaway. Let's go to the third turn. And as they come into my corner, right out in front is Curtis Turner. Leroy Arbor now takes over second spot. Right on the outside is Richard Petty now moving up. It's a wheel-to-wheel battle for second. Better Lorenzen is dropping back a little bit. Paul Goldsmith has moved right up on Petty as they get down into the tri-oval back to radio control. As they come down toward us here now at the start-finish line, once again, the old fox, Curtis Turner, qualified at 180.831 and is demonstrating that he can hold it. Let's go over to the second turn, Barney Hall. All right, it's still Curtis Turner out front, but he's going to get some competition as they move into the number one corner. Richard Petty moving up on his bumper. Leroy Yarber down inside a real three-way battle going for the number two spot there right now. It's still Curtis Turner leading the pack as they go off the number two corner. Richard Petty sitting right on him. Leroy Yarber running third. Goldsmith running fourth as they go down. And Richard Petty looks as though he's going to take over the lead. Up to you, Bob Smith. Right, Richard Petty has taken the lead. And moving in on the inside is Leroy Yarber. Leroy Yarber pushing that Dodge Charger right into the lead, going right by Richard Petty. Petty just momentarily held that lead. It's now Leroy Yarborough, Richard Petty, and Curtis Turner coming through the fourth turn. Here we have Buddy Baker. 
Baker and Paul Goldsmith and A.J. Point. Now back to Radio Control. Leroy Yarbrough, the boy from Columbia, South Carolina, has taken the lead. He's being drafted very closely by Petty as they sweep past the underneath. And let's go up for the first turn again. Okay, Leroy Yarbrough out in front. There's a real pack. There's about six or seven cars in the first pack and then another pack immediately behind that. Leroy Yarbrough out in front. Richard Petty second. Curtis Turner running third. Paul Goldsmith fourth. A.J. Point running fifth. Buddy Baker running sixth. Mario Andretti running seventh. Tiny Lawn is running eighth as they go down the back straight away back to radio control. And take it on the fourth turn. Bob Smith. All right. They're moving down the back straight away now. It's still Leroy Yarbrough. He's starting to open up a bit of a lead now. He has about a two-car lead over Richard Petty as they move through the third and fourth turn. Curtis Turner still holding down third spot. He goes low as A.J. Point goes high. Now in fourth place. And Paul Goldsmith has moved up to the fifth place. They move through the fourth turn. Back to radio control. And over to the second turn, Bonnie Hall. Ted, the slower cars also in the rear are picking up speed now. They were waiting for the leaders to move out front and give them a little running room. They're closing up, and we've got drafting situations going on all around the track. As they come down into the number one corner, it's still Leroy Yarborough, then Don Charger. Richard Petty is running second. Here comes Curtis Turner up through the field again. Turner up to make a bid for the number two spot. He's alongside Richard Petty. He gets around Petty as they go off the number two corner, and he's got a challenge for the lead on Leroy Yarborough as they go down the long back shoot back to radio control. Bob McGinley. And as they come at me now, they're three abreast going into the corner with A.J. Foyt moving up into second spot. Running third behind Leroy Yarber is Curtis Turner. Buddy Baker is fourth. Richard Petty fifth. Mario Andretti is sixth. Seventh spot is Goldsmith. Eighth position, David Pearson as they string out and go into the tri-oval. It's go, 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 and back to radio control. Several years ago, it was Leroy Yarber who set a special track record. The first pass, 180 miles an hour in a modified automobile, and it shows that he's lost none of his Let's go to Hal Hamrick. You never know they're trying for 500 miles away. They're racing now. A.J. Floyd is out in front now. And it's uh, Curtis Turner now in second place. Leroy Yarborough third. Buddy Baker's moved into fourth. Mario Andretti is in the number five spot. David Pearson's moved up to sixth. Richard Petty's moved down to seventh. As they string out down that back straightaway, uh, Goldsmith is in eighth spot. And uh, Darryl got a spin on the second turn. Uh, automobile spinning. I'll get the number. He's down on the apron. A car bounces up on the side. It looks like car 26. The number is coming out of the apron now. I'll get the number. It's car 39. And driving that car is Friday Hassler of Scottsboro, Alabama. It's a Chevelle, a 66 Chevelle. He lost the car coming in the middle of the second turn. He's all right. No traffic problems. No cars hit him. He is now down on the grass and moving on along the backside. Back to radio control. Yes, and that is the first caution flag to appear and early in the race, too, in the fifth lap. Radio control. Come in. Uh, coming into the pitch right now, car number one. Uh, that car driven by Paul Lewis of Johnson City, Tennessee, a 67 Dodge. He uh, blew his engine coming through the fourth turn. And he has fire coming out underneath. He's warning the boys as he goes down the pitch. It's a left rear brake that's on fire. Actually, he has no brake at the moment. He overshoots pit road, goes down onto the track proper, and will undoubtedly pull down on the green, uh, the grass area before he gets into the first turn. How Hamrick, uh, what does that look like to you? Well, he's going very slow. He's trying to slow this car down, definitely, uh, evidently no brakes. He's uh, wiggling the car back and forth. Paul Lloyd pulling over to the infield, and you better get a, a, a fire truck over there, fellas. We just hollered at the guy over here. He's spinning around out here, and he's signaling for the fire truck. He's signaling for the fire truck. Everything is under control. Paul Lois is out of the car, so we'll go back to radio control. We'll be back. Crap spinning your hand up to stopping. Yeah. Now the chair, quickly stand, only the engine prepare. 
outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. This season, Toyota Racing is looking for jugglers. Uh-huh. Not the ones who toss balls or rings. Fans that can juggle the rigors of a 10-month-long season across many different racing circuits. Well, what if I added knives? What if you added GR Cup, Formula Drift, and off-road racing? If you can juggle it all, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. Formula Drift is a registered trademark of Formula Drift's holdings, LLC. And I believe we might get the green flag to resume racing as they come below us here in radio control. The start-finish line, I again describe, if you've not been here, is directly below us as we sit high atop the tri-oval. Yes, the green flag is out, and once again we're racing, and here they come as they cross the line. We'll be underway full bore, up to the first turn. Okay, and A.J. Foyt got that green flag first, and he's really pouring on the call as he heads toward this first turn. Leroy Yarbrough is falling down low, trying to get on the inside. I mean, gets the nose out in front of him as they run into traffic, going through this first and second turn, and now Curtis Turner trying to move up on the outside. A.J. Foyt once again gets that lead spot. Leroy Yarbrough falls back to second. Curtis Turner third, Buddy Baker riding in the fourth spot as they go down the back straight away back to radio control. And down to the third turn, Bob McGinley. And now as they move down towards me, the cars are coming on the inside. We have a new leader. It's Leroy Arbor going high in the back straight behind him is Curtis Turner, Buddy Baker, and then A.J. Foyt. Foyt now moving high on the bank, tries to get by Baker, but they're wheel-to-wheel going into the fourth turn with Davey Pearson rounding out the top five. Back to radio control. Yes, it is Leroy Yarbrough coming down the street now toward us here in the tri-oval. And on the outside, trying to pull up is that white number three, Buddy Baker. He may be getting into the lead before we know it. Let's go to the second turn, Barney Hall. All right, it's a real battle as they move into that number one corner. Leroy Yarbrough still out front, right on his bumper now. Buddy Baker's moved into the number two spot. Curtis Turner running third. A.J. Ford is running fourth. It's still Yarbrough in that charger as they come off the number two corner. Baker pushing him hard as they go down the back stretch. Baker moves out, gets up alongside of him. We got a real battle going for the number one. As they approach that third corner, up to you, Bob Smith. All right, they're coming down the back straightaway now and heading into the third and fourth turn, and it's Buddy Baker pulling out into the lead, so we have a charger and a charger, one-two, with Leroy Arbor on second place, Curtis Turner in third, and fourth place is A.J. Foyt. The two chargers are masterminding this race right now, and Leroy Arbor drops slow, tries to make it going into the trial, but back to radio control. Yes, that's the slingshot, the first one that's been applied here this afternoon, and now again, it's Leroy Arbor going down in the charger with Buddy Baker in the charger following right in second position. And let's go down to Bob McGinley. As they went through here, we noticed that Mario Andretti is using a style of his own going through these uh, turns. He was down in traffic on the second lane and let the car drift out. He was doing this yesterday, or rather Friday, and uh, it's a hairy operation, but he managed to get by with a six-up speed coming off the fourth turn. Coming down at me now once again is Buddy Baker, Leroy Yarbrough. Curtis Turner and A.J. Foyt. Foyt gets up alongside of Turner for that third spot with Mario Andretti now running in a fifth position. Davey Pearson is sixth. Cale Yarbrough is seventh. 
Eighth spot is Goldsmith, and Daryl Derringer moves in on the eighth spot. Goldsmith drops back to ninth back to radio control. The race directly below us now, and a race it is, with again Leroy Gobra getting out by about a half a car's length ahead of Buddy Baker as they go up to the first turn. Okay, and it's a real battle here. They're falling back in line. Leroy Arbor falls back in behind the charger. Uh, Buddy Baker, Leroy Arbor, a real battle for the number three spot between A.J. Foyt and Curtis Turner, and still back in there in another charger in the number five spot right now is David Pearson. Mario Andretti is running in the sixth spot with Daryl Derringer running seventh. Cale Yarbrough is moving up. He's in the eighth spot. About nine cars in this front pack are really holding together. Let's go back to radio control. And over to Barney Hall. Ted, this is the first time in any Daytona race I've seen about 14 cars run almost in a perfect 14-car draft. They're swapping positions unbelievably in every position all the way back through 14 as they come through this second turn. They're coming down the straightaway right now to still Yarborough back to radio control. Yarborough again uses the slingshot technique, which means coming down off the fourth turn. He is being drafted by Buddy Baker and goes wide to pass him. Seems to pick up enough speed to usually do it. This time he uh, did do it and got away with it once again. He's used it several times, and we're going to make more mention of that as we go along. Bob McGinley, come in, please. As the cars come off that uh, second turn, we look at them, they go a little bit wide, and the cars that want to pass cut way to the inside on the apron pass to come on down to the front. Right now, we have Leroy Arbor taking the lead away from Buddy Baker, with A.J. Point running in the third spot, and moving up is Curtis Turner. Now, Baker starts to move. He gets ahead just a little bit as they go into the tri-oval. This is a real helmet dash. Back to radio control. Here are the official standings at the end of the first 10 laps are sent up by scorer Ernie Moore. The average speed, 122.783, slowed down, of course, by the caution flag that was out at that time. A.J. Point leading in fourth. The Roy Yarbrough in Charger running second. Curtis Turner in Chevelle running third. Buddy Baker in Charger running fourth. David Pearson in Charger running fifth. Mario Andretti in fourth running sixth. Richard Petty in Plymouth running seventh. Paul Goldsmith in Plymouth running eighth. Darrell Derringer in Ford, ninth out of 21, car 21. That's Dale Yarbrough in Ford, running in 10th position. We are now working on the 16th lap. These standings that I just gave you were the official ones at the end of 10 laps. The situation has changed considerably since that time. Buddy Baker taking over the lead again as they come off the high 31-degree banking of the fourth turn down into the slightly out-curving trioval. And again, the slingshot being attempted by the Roy Yarbrough. They are never letting up. They're passing slower cars as they go to the first turn. Okay, the most competitive field we believe we've seen in many a day at Daytona as we have Chargers, Fords, Mercury's all right up there. Chevrolet's everything right up in that front pack, and they're really pouring on the call today. Buddy Baker out in front, Leroy Yarborough running second, A.J. Boyd third, and Daryl Derringer's up there challenging. He's in the number four spot now. Curtis Turner's back down to fifth. Mario Andretti is sixth. Gil Yarborough is seventh. And uh, David Pearson's dropped back to eighth spot as they go into the turn back to radio control. At car number 49, Spencer. At car number 36 was in behind the wall, went out again with H.P. Bailey. And car number 46 with Roy Main came into the pits. That brings us up to date on the pit stops. Now let's take a look around the speedway and see where all the action is. First we go up to the first turn and Hal Hamrick. Well, plenty of action going on up here as the cars head this way. They've been swapping back and forth as far as the lead's concerned. Buddy Baker's back in that lead, but he is being challenged right now as they head up our way. 
Why, Leroy Yarburn, Mario Andretti in a real battle. Three ways, three abreast coming up this way. Leroy Yarburn moves out in the number one spot. And uh, the number two spot, Mario Andretti. Buddy Baker falls back to third. Daryl Derringer riding fourth. Curtis Turner is fifth. Gail Yarbrough is sixth. As they go down the uh, back straightaway, A.J. Boyd is seventh. David Pearson is eighth. And on they go down the back straightaway. By the way, Freddie Lorenzen has his uh, draft set on Bobby Isaacs way back in the pack. He'll be moving up a little later back to radio control. And up to the second turn, Bonnie Hall. Well, the action fast and furious here. Never before have we seen this many cars on a single line, all running for the lead in the race. About the first 14 cars, then, are no more than a car length apart, and they've been really turning off the second turn and down the back chute. And that's still the way it is, back to radio control. Bob McGinley. Uh, we noticed that uh, Bobby Allison from Deweytown, Alabama, 67 Mercury, is starting to slow pretty bad, but he's keeping up the racing speed. Also, Ennis Ireland, in his first outing here, is doing a very nice job of holding a steady pace, and Ennis just might work in there, but right now, things are getting a little rough coming off that second turn as they come down. There's one car way to the outside, as the other cars move to the inside, and they're changing positions, coming at me now down the back stretch. We're going to have a new leader, and let's see who it is. It's Mario Andretti with Cale Yarburn now in second spot. Leroy Yarburn is running third. In the fourth spot is Darrell Derringer with Buddy Baker fifth back to radio control. Bob Smith. Ted, the action in this first group of cars is fantastic. There are 11 cars all running right together. The front runners, Mario Andretti, now has taken over the lead. Bob, hold it a minute, will you please? We've got a uh, yellow flag out here, and I'd like to have you fellas take a look at your sectors and see what uh, caused the caution. If you can. First of all, let me go over to Bob McGinley. Anything happen over there, Bob? Uh, we had car number 76, Red Farmer, from Hueytown, uh, Alabama, going very, very slowly by here. Uh, good big cloud of smoke. Uh, uh, the trouble up here, the, the caution is up at the first turn. There's oil up in the first turn. Evidently, somebody dumped it a while ago. J.T. Putney was moving no, slow. No, it's car number 76, I believe. That would be Red Farmer of Hueytown, Alabama. I understand that was in the west turn. He dropped oil up there. And let's go up to... Uh, Barney Hall, can you see it from there? Uh, no, Ted, the uh, safety car here is getting ready to move out onto the speedway. I notice they're looking toward right in the middle of the first and second turn. So whatever the trouble is, apparently is in that area. Back now to radio control. We'll be back in just 60 seconds. The pace car pulls down low, coming off the fourth turn. The field picks up, accelerates a bit in speed. Mario Andretti is still leading. He's coming down toward the start-finish line now. And the green flag comes up, racing again. How? Okay, Mario Andretti out in front, but there's a pack of cars that have made that pit stop and are right behind him, and he'll be racing for that first spot. And here they come, racing around him. Paul Goldsmith going into the lead with uh, Curtis Turner right behind him. Mario Andretti holding on to the number two spot. And Paul Goldsmith must have really had a charge of power. He's pulling Mario Andretti second, Curtis Turner third, with uh, David Pearson fourth, and we go back to radio control. And down to uh, Bill, Bob McGinley, I'm sorry. As they come to me now, we have a challenge for the lead, and it is Mario Andretti back in the lead again. Goldsmith second, Curtis Turner up to move for that second spot, but can't seem to have the power to get up alongside of Goldsmith. We have Davey Pearson running in a fourth spot. Richard Petty is fifth, Al Derringer sixth. 
A tiny lunch seventh, back to radio control. That's the way they stand as they come off the fourth turn and down toward the start-finish line. Let's go to Barney Hall. All right, that's the way they're still running as they approach that number one corner, and they're really standing on it as they come down. A pack of automobiles, about six, seven cars, just about a bumper between them on Freddie up alongside Goldsmith, and there's a battle again for that number one position. Goldsmith running high in the turn. Gets around Andretti, goes back into the lead. Andretti running second. Curtis Turner running third. Dave Pearson is running fourth. Down the long straightaway. That's the way they're lined up. Back to radio control. And to Bob Smith on the fourth turn. Goldsmith is traveling on the outside. Coming in on the inside is uh, Mario Andretti. Mario Andretti taking the lead, and he pulls right around with him. Curtis Turner, who now moves into second spot. We have Mario Andretti in a fourth. Then the Chevelle of Curtis Turner. Paul Goldsmith is third. David Pearson is fourth. Big by Dale Derringer as they move into the trial, move back to radio control. And up to Hal Hamrick. Okay, a battle as they keep uh, using these air currents to move back and forth. Mario Andretti out in front with the Ford, a Chevelle in second place with Curtis Turner. And uh, Goldsmith is in third. David Pearson riding fourth. Daryl Derringer is riding in the number five spot. Buddy Baker is sixth. Richard Penny seventh. Tony Lund is eighth. Dick uh, Hutcherson is running ninth. A.J. Boyd tenth. Cale Yarbrough, 11th. Freddie Lorenzen is in the number 12 spot as they go down the back straightaway. Back to radio control. And we're working on the 32nd lap of this race now. Running on the green, of course, with a tremendous battle going on there from the lead. With the Mario Andretti giving away just momentarily. Come in, Bob McGinley. Car number 16, once again, a smoking family, Bobby Allison. The last time around, we noticed the cars acting just a little erratic as they go through this third and fourth turn. There's a problem here, we can't figure it out. There isn't too much wind today, but the cars are not behaving as they have in the past. Back to radio control. Curtis Turner making his bit now to try and catch up with and pass Mario Andretti. He's not doing it at the moment. Let's see the second turn, Bonnie Hall. All right, it's Andretti still out front, but Turner is trying to get up into the battle, makes it a four-way battle. He pulls up alongside Derringer, who is in third position. Derringer chops him off as they come off the turn. Still Andretti down the back chute. Goldsmith with a very close draft on it. And Derringer pulling it up to make it a three-way deal as they go down into the number three corner, back to radio control. The race for the lead still goes on. Mario Andretti. Still heading up the back, but boy, he's got the pressure on as they come with two, three, five cars running there, close as one. Hal Hamrick. Okay, Mario Andretti leading a Paul Goldsmith riding second. Now, and brother there, really pouring on the cold. Derringer's third, Curtis Turner is fourth, and now Buddy Baker's moved up to the number five spot. Uh, uh, David Pearson's the second Six, Tiny Lawn seventh, Richard Petty is eighth as they go down the back straightaway. By the way, when these cars come to that trial, there's a slower car below them. They just about pull him completely out of shape. Back to radio control. Here are the official standings at the end of 30 laps. Caution flag cutting the speed down to 135.202 at that point. Mario Andretti and Ford leading the pack. Paul Goldsmith and Plymouth running second. Curtis Turner and Chevelle running third. David Pearson and the Charger running in fourth position. Richard Penny and Plymouth running fifth. Darrell Derringer in fourth running sixth. Tiny Lund in one of the Penny Plymouths running seventh. Buddy Baker back in eighth position now in Charger. Dick Hutchison in Ford running ninth. In tenth position is Freddie Lorenzen in Ford. And in eleventh position now is A.J. Foyt also in Ford. Those were the standings. Officially, at the end of 30 laps, the average speed, 135.202 miles an hour. We're now working on the 36th lap. Let's go over to Barney Hall. 
had one of the cars that led earlier in the race. I've been watching for the last few laps is Leroy Yarborough, the Dodge Charger. He seems to have backed off, and I'm uh, not sure if there's anything wrong with the automobile or not. It may be just uh, a little strategy to conserve his car. He's keeping the leaders in sight, but nevertheless, he has slackened off from that tremendous pace that the first six, seven cars are running right now. We might keep our eye on him. Another man who's moving up and really wants to get out of that lead and is trying every time they come off his number two corner is Darrell Derringer in the Junior Johnson automobile. He's been running third now for about five laps, and each time he comes off the second corner, he tries to get Goldsmith and Andretti. But as of yet, he's been unable to do it. It's still Andretti, Goldsmith, and Derringer. Back now to radio control. Coming in the pits now is Bobby Allison in the Mercury. Uh, he's from Hueytown, Alabama, car number 16, one of two cars that Bud Moore has fielded. Let's go over to Bob Smith. Ted, if there's any measure of bravery on this track, it's going to be the man who passes Mario Andretti coming through the fourth turn. Andretti goes into the third turn very low on the bottom rung. He lets the centrifugal force pull the car right out up against the wall. He uses up the entire track coming through the third and fourth turn. It's going to take a brave driver to pass him coming through this east end of the speedway. Now back to radio control. Bob McGinley, please. We watched them coming down that backstretch a few moments ago. They're set up in drafts, and many of the slower cars are running drafting. Going by is Johnny Sears as Roy Main in a Chevrolet right on his bumper. We noticed that Elmo Langley and uh, as uh, car number 41, White Cross, right on his back bumper. They have a set pattern, and as we look down the backstretch now, here they come. The leader is Andretti. Second is Goldsmith. Third, Darrell Derringer in the fourth spot. Buddy Baker, fifth. Yeah, Curtis Turner, sixth position, Davey Pearson as they go into the trioval and back to radio control. And now we'll go up to the first turn, Al Hamrick. Okay, and by the way, as these cars go in, evidently this wind is carrying a little high. This is causing a little more abrasive action on these cars and probably wearing tires a little faster than they had anticipated. Mario Andretti is still out front in the fourth. In second place is the uh, Plymouth of Paul Goldsmith, and third is the Dodge Charger of Buddy Baker. Daryl Derringer in the Ford is in the number four spot, and the Chevelle is in the fifth spot with Curtis Turner driving. And uh, let's see, it's uh, David Pearson riding sixth spot. The first five cars are in a pack to themselves as they go down the back straightaway back to radio control. Very, very tight. They go down into the third turn, and we'll go over to Bob Smith. All right, it's uh, three cars. Goldsmith. Take it from down there, Bob. Paul All right, it's Paul Goldsmith spinning out. He has uh, up. Here comes another Cale Yarborough off control. He's got it back under control now. Goldsmith is sitting on the apron. Uh, he's out of trouble if the cars stay high. He's blown tires. He's blunt coming through the third and fourth turn. Uh, he naturally smashed up the front end when he dropped off of the Bob, Bob Smith. Of the apron. Bob Smith, let me interrupt you for just a second. The caution flag has come out now. We're in the 41st lap. As the cars slow down and go away from you, will you recap just what happened between the third and the fourth turn in its sequence? Right, and, uh, Goldsmith is back under uh, power now, running into the pits with blown tires. Uh, coming through the third and fourth turn, we had three cars abreast there in the front with Mario Andretti, Paul Goldsmith, and I didn't quite pick up that third car, but Goldsmith was in the middle and he began to lose control. Uh, they were three abreast. He began to lose control coming through the third and fourth turn. Fortunately, the other two cars got uh, in front of him. He started going sideways, swept up the track, and then back down the track. Cale Yarborough behind him lost control of his Ford, but got it uh, under control very rapidly. 
did not hit uh, Goldsmith, and as far as I can tell, Goldsmith did not come in contact with any other cars. Now back to Radio Control. Paul Goldsmith came safely into the pits. They're working on the right side rubber right now. We'll be back in 60 seconds. Going racing again. The green comes out. It's waved, and we go up to the first turn. Okay, and they're racing too. Paul Racing's due to the head up toward this first turn. The green flag out, and uh, here they come with uh, Buddy Baker in the lead. Buddy Baker took over the lead from Darrell Derringer as they came through this first turn. In fact, he's really moving in that charger as they go through this first turn and uh, increasing the lead as he goes down the back straightaway. The other cars are packed up behind some of the slower cars. They'll be working their way through. Back to radio control. All right, thank you very much. And as you spoke, Sam McQuag is having a lot of trouble. This is another pit stop. We've got a spin down to the number two corner. Car number two up alongside the rail hits the concrete wall, bounces off down into the infield. The car now is down on the grass. No other cars made contact with another, another car automobile. going into the wall up there. Jim Pascoe bumping the wall right behind him, Hal. I got it here. He comes down on the apron, continues to move along. Evidently, there's a slick spot over here in the second turn because there was nothing wrong with Pascal, and all of a sudden he headed toward that uh, wall up there in great fast order. So it must be some oil or something on this turn because they really slid toward the top of that uh, uh, turn. Back to radio control. Barney, how many cars were involved? We do know that Don White of Keokuk in the 67 Dodge was the car that you referred to first. Do I understand from you or how that there was a second car coming, yes. Barney? Yes, uh, the uh, second car to bang in the wall. We've got another one down on the apron now. Car number four. Car number four, John Sears of Ellaby, comes down on the apron. He bumps the wall and spins off down on the apron. He comes down, almost hits the fire truck down there. And he's on the apron all right. I can see him moving around. He's getting out of the automobile. Don White is out of his automobile. And exactly what Hal said, there must be a slick spot up there because he did the same thing. Both, all three automobiles slammed up into the concrete wall and they just broke ground all of a sudden. So all apparently... Bonnie, right. will you recap that please for us now, starting with the first car. White started the uh, spin out. Apparently there is an oil slick or something in the middle of the turn. He banged the concrete wall, spun down through traffic. No other cars hit him. He came down on the apron. He's now climbed out of the automobile. He's all right, but he took a, a pretty good impact. I would imagine his car will be out for the afternoon. Right behind him came Jim Pascal. And uh, he has banged the wall. There goes another one in the wall. The same spot. Car 29. Dick Hutcherson spinning out. Car zero gets by him. He spins out. Hutcherson's automobile completely smashed in the front. And uh, the other cars are apparently aware of this now. They're dropping down into the lower grooves. But Dick Hutcherson really banged that wall there. He is down on the apron. Hutcherson now climbing out of his automobile. And we've got about five, six cars bang in there. To, you'll give me a break, Ted. I'll get all the numbers on it for you. Back to radio control. We'll take it from you. You come back when you get the rest of the story. Thanks very much, Barney. Let's go over to Hal Hamrick. Uh, Ted. Yes. Uh, Ted Webb. Yes, come in. Uh, we have car number four and Richard Petty and 43. Both of them have uh, tire trouble. There must be some debris up there. We noticed that uh, quite a few of the cars, A.J. Point went in the pits also after that first slide. A good possibility that there may be some debris up there that's cutting tires. Back to radio control. Radio now control. we have double, uh, zero. Ramos Stott just blew an engine. 
from Keokuk, Iowa, and he's going very slowly down towards the pit. Back to radio control. All right. Uh, radio control. Bob. Uh, yes. Uh, A.J. Foyt, when he came by me on the fourth turn, was unfastening his shoulder harnesses, and I got the indication then that he figured that was it for him. Uh, Richard Petty just went by with uh, a tire blown. Uh, the Pasco car, when it came by me, the right front fender was torn up pretty badly and shaking quite a bit as he was moving down here with the right front blow. Now back to radio control. All right, we'll take it here for just a minute now. Richard Petty came into the pits. He rode along the grass rather than on the surface of the pit. Remo Stott has come in. There's great activity on the right side of his car for rubber. And it looks to me as if the safety car, yes, is coming down low and will come into pit road. They're ready for the green flag, which Johnny Bruno is already waving high so that they can see it. And here they come once again. And this time, we have car number 42 out there in the lead, Tiny Lund, up to the first turn. Okay, Tiny Lund taking that lead, but he's got right beside him, Curtis Hearn, the Chevelle. It's a three-way battle with uh, David Pearson falling back in the number three spot. No, they're three. And now it's still a battle between the Chevelle and the Plymouth as Tiny Lund tries to take that number first. The number one spot, Curtis Turner is right beside him. Mario Andretti is pulling up fast. So they go down the back straightaway, but it's still now a four-way battle down the back straightaway, back to radio control. And down to the third turn, Bob. And there are four breaths as they come at me now, and the car is cut into the outside. It's Mario Andretti in the lead. Second is Sadie Pearson. Running third at the moment is that Chevelle of Smokey Hughes with Carter to wheel, but moving up. It's that big boy from South Carolina in number 42. Tiny Lund takes over third and back to radio control. Yes, as they come down toward me here at the start-finish line, Mario Andretti once again in the lead. And here's that slingshot action coming down with car number six, David Pearson. Trying to get around on the outside. He can't do it. We go over to the second turn, Bonnie Hall. Andretti leading into that number one corner. Pearson sitting on his bumper. Richard Petty comes up to make it a three-way battle, and we've got a real battle going as they come into the number two corner. Still Andretti out front. Pearson running second. There's Tiny Lund right on the bumper trying to take that number two spot. He has to drop back as they come off the number two corner down the long back chute. It's still Andretti. Back to radio control. And over to the fourth turn, Bob Smith. It's Andretti coming down the back straightaway, moving into the third and fourth turn. Andretti going low. He'll let that car sweep out uh, into the outside groove. In second place now definitely is Tiny Lund with David Pearson in third place right on his bumper. And then we have another one of the Dodge Chargers. Bobby Isaacs in fourth place and Curtis Turner back to radio control. And once again, up to Hal Hamrick on the first turn. Okay, Bobby Isaac has been moving up to this back for quite some time, and he's now up in the number four spot. He's battling right up there with the front leaders, but the battle right now between Mario Andretti and Tony Lund. And this is a difference in size of about uh, 150 pounds. Mario Andretti and the number 11 out front, Tony Lund, pushing that 270 pounds in that Plymouth in second place with David Pearson third, Bobby Isaac in the fourth spot. Curtis Turner's dropped down to the number five spot as they go down the back straight away. Now Isaac making a move back to radio control. And over to the second turn, Barney Hall. A real battle back in the pack as Leroy Yarborough, Fred Lorenz, and some of the other drivers are trying to move up in position, running up on some of the slower traffic. Paul Goldsmith also moving through some of the slower traffic as they try to get back up and run to the leaders. Back to radio control. Mario Andretti leading the pack and thereby, thereby getting himself some of that lap money, which he'll be Tiny Lund running in second spot. Curtis Turner trying to break through two cars, which are blocking him from moving up in the lead of the two, or uh, following the two that are in the lead at the particular moment. Let's go down to Bob McGinley. Now we have a car coming down slowly, car number 36, a big red uh, Dodge driven by H.P. Bailey of Houston, Texas. 
Uh, Gresham, that's a Pontiac, and it looks like he's going into the pit. Coming down that back stretch, we noted that the cars are moving from lane to lane as they can't decide which groove they want. With Tony Lund now getting under our leader, Mario Andretti, and Lund is running wheel to wheel. The possibility will have that lead going into the tri-oval factor radio control. Yes, it is Tony Lund who is in the lead as they come off the fourth turn. Mario Andretti on the outside, Tony Lund on the inside. Lund drops down in the second position. Mario again leading him, and Lund drafting right on his tail very, very closely. Al Hamrick. Okay, still a battle as they come up this way. Andretti uh, evidently has about the same horsepower and a little less weight to pull. He's uh, out in front right now. Tiny Lund second, David Pearson third, Curtis Turner riding fourth, Bobby Isaac in the number five spot. In the sixth spot is another Ford, this one driven by Daryl Derringer. And the number seven spot is Buddy Baker. Uh, in the eighth spot is uh, Leroy Yarborough now. Fred Lorenzen is running ninth. Jim Herdebee's running 10th back to radio control. And so it is at the end of 58 laps completed. We'll be back in 60 seconds. Someone down in the pits has any idea why Richard Petty made those two pit stops, George? They've been changing Richard Petty's tires every time he came in. And as he goes by me here in the pit position, he seems to be uh, moving his steering wheel a good bit. I'm not sure, but it appears to be that he's not quite uh, happy with the way that uh, Petty Blue Plymouth seems to be handling. He is back in the pack at the present time, and every time he goes by here, he looks back at his pit crew and uh, waves his hand somehow. I don't know whether he's going to be coming back in soon or not, but he's apparently not happy with the way it's handled. Back to radio control. I think I neglected to make mention of the fact that Jim uh, Pascal is back in the race once again. Of course, he won the 300-mile race yesterday for the modified sportsman cars. He's a very happy guy. He loves to swell up in this one, too, with this tremendous purse that is being offered. Al Hamrick, they're coming towards you now. They certainly are in full bar, too, as they pass some of the slower traffic, and Mario Andretti seems to be determined to stay out in front right now. David Pearson is in the number two spot. He got around Tony Lund. Tony Lund is third, with Curtis Turner and the Chevelle in the fourth spot, Bobby Isaac in fifth, and they're all fairly close together. They are sort of strung out, but uh, running in that order. And by the way, as they go by these slower cars, especially coming out of that triable bend, it almost pulls that uh, slower car completely around. The guy really has to oversteer to keep the car straight because these faster cars are really pulling them back to radio control. And down to the third turn, Bob McGinley. Buddy Baker has been towing Fred Lorenzen for the last three or four laps, and these two cars in a tight draft are moving up on Daryl Derringer, who's running alone. Another indication that the draft is really working. We look down our long chute and see some of the slower cars in drafts. Two and three abreast as they come down the back stretch. We have Richard Petty and Bobby Eisen, Jim Pascal, rather, going way high to get by two slower cars. We note that the cars that are right on Mario Andretti are submitting themselves higher on the bank to compensate for his uh, sort of erratic driving habits here from diving down to the low lane and going high. So they set themselves a little higher and they all meet in a straight line coming out of the fourth turn. Back to radio control. And to you, Bob Smith. All right, here they come through the fourth turn. Mario Andretti has a pretty good lead now, about a five-car lead over second place, David Pearson. Right on Pearson's bumper is Curtis Turner. Turner is definitely about ready to make a move to uh, better his position as they move through the fourth turn and head into the trial. Back to radio control. And do you think uh, 
Turner can make it up there on the first turn. I don't know. He's trying. He's down on the inside of that uh, charger, but uh, the charger's still holding on to that number two spot as he moves through there. Curtis Turner moving up on him again. Evidently, he hit that wind coming off sideways, and now he's got his nose out in front of David Pearson. Curtis Turner in the charger trying to move up as they go down the back straightaway back to radio control. And they're neck and neck as they go to Bob McGinley. Yes, and they are still neck and neck, but right now the Chevelle is about three feet out in front uh, Davey Pearson, he takes over second spot, Mario Andretti now has opened up his lead to about 15 car lengths as they go into the fourth turn back to radio control. Their action goes fast and furious, particularly up there in front. No changes in position right now, but let's swing around and go to Bob McGinley first. Uh, one of the most consistent fellas out here this afternoon has been Gordon Johncock from Hastings, Michigan in the 67 Plymouth. We've been watching Gordon as he works his way through the slower cars, and he's been doing a tremendous job. Incidentally, just a moment ago, we heard quite a noise come out of that Chevelle of uh, Curtis Turner's. It sounded like he was about to lose it, but he stayed right in there in a perfect line, but it sounded just a little bit off. We're going to keep an eye on him back to radio control. And over to Barney Hall. Dead a driver we haven't mentioned very often this afternoon, but nevertheless is in there running very strong is Jim Hurtabees. Hurtabees uh, comes down to the Northern Circuit, Midwest, drives at Daytona and some of the other bigger races. He's a great driver, a guy of tremendous courage. He's running real strong here this afternoon. Back to radio control. Over to uh, Al Hamrick. Okay, the car is going through here. We notice that, of course, that draft is going on with Freddie Lorenzen and Daryl Derringer behind Buddy Baker. And Freddie Lorenzen, I was talking to him yesterday after his uh, sensational race on Friday. He stated that you can uh, actually go uh, save, conserve a lot more gas behind a charger than in any other of the makes of cars. He says that if you're behind one of the other makes, uh, you don't uh, get to let up on the gas, so you can conserve them quite a bit. When they checked Friday on Friday, he uh, only took 19 gallons of gas, a little over 19, to, uh, in that tank, and we asked him why he shut his engine off. He said it was popping a little bit, but it did look a lot better for him to run out of gas as the last lap came up. So you take your own pick. He's in a draft right now. He passes under us again as he's right on the back bumper of uh, Buddy Baker. Back to radio control. The race right now is on the back stretch between the leader, Mario Andretti, and Curtis Turner, who seems uh, determined to make his bid within the next very few minutes. So we'll follow him around. Let's go first to Bob Smith. All right. They're coming through the third and fourth turn. Uh, Turner really has closed up the gap. Turner's going low as Andretti lets his car drift out. Turner could very easily make it on the next couple of laps because he's right on the bumper now. He wavers as he goes through the fourth turn and heads into the triangle back to radio control. And they pass directly below me now and up toward Hal Hamrick. Okay, the Chevelle dropping down on the inside. He's going to try to take it down into the air current. However, this Mario Andretti, he's figured out these air currents too, and he's holding on to that number one spot. Curtis Turner still right on the back bumper as they go out of this spot into the uh, back straightaway back to radio control. And up to Bonnie Hall. All right, it's still Andretti off the turn. Turner trying to get up close enough to do a little drafting on him. He manages to get on him down the back straightaway. But as they go into the turns, Andretti seems to be able to move away from him. And then Turner pulls up on him again as they go down the straightaway. Back to radio control. The race right now is on the back stretch between the leader, Mario Andretti, and Curtis Turner, who seems uh, determined to make his bid within the next very few minutes. So we'll follow him around. Let's go first to Bob Smith. All right. They're coming through the third and fourth turn. Uh, Turner really has closed up the gap. Turner's 
going low as Andretti lets his car drift out. Turner could very easily make it on the next couple of laps because he's right on the bumper now. He wavers as he goes through the fourth turn and heads into the triumph. Back to radio control. And they pass directly below me now and up toward Hal Hamrick. Okay, the Chevelle dropping down on the inside. He's going to try to take it down into the air current. However, this Mario Andretti, he's figured out these air currents too, and he's holding on to that number one spot. Curtis Turner still right on the back bumper as they go out of this spot into the uh, back straightaway back to radio control. And up to Bonnie Hall. All right, it's still Andretti off the turn. Turner trying to get up close enough to do a little drafting on him. He manages to get on him down the back straightaway. But as they go into the turns, Andretti seems to be able to move away from him. And then Turner pulls up on him again as they go down the straightaway. Back to radio control. Turner is very, very close in back of Andretti right now. They're coming to you, Bob Smith. All right, yes, Turner is. Uh, if it weren't for the fact that it's Curtis Turner, I'd say he's going to be uh, satisfied just to draft on that Andretti car, but Turner's not the drafting kind. He wants to lead, and right now he wants to lead very badly as they move through the fourth turn, head into the tri-oval. Turner right on the bumper of Mario Andretti, back to radio control. We're now in the 71st lap of this 200-lap race, and the leading situation is switching back and forth. Because right now, Turner is uh, trying desperately to get into the lead for the second time this afternoon as he goes down the backstretch, about four cars lengths behind the flying mighty Mike Mario Andretti. Andretti holding down that lead as he has for a good portion of the afternoon. The statistics will show that when we give you some sort of a wrap-up at the end of the broadcast. Andretti sweeping through about midway up between the third and the fourth turn, using the third lane. Turner trying to stay right within the vortex of the air as it is left by Andretti. Comes directly below us now, and we'll go over to Barbie Hall. We'll pick him up, coming into the number one corner. Still Andretti, Turner making a bid every time in the turns to get around him. He pulls up on the bumper. Andretti manages to save him off each time as they come into the corner. Incidentally, both these cars are pulling away from Dave Pearson. They've opened up quite a lead. Dave is running in third position. Dave himself has opened up a pretty good lead right now between himself and Tiny Lund, who is running fourth. Back to radio control. The standings at the end of 60 laps officially show an average speed of 133.168 miles an hour. At that time, Mario Andretti was leading in Ford, and he still is leading in Ford. Then, Tiny Lund in Plymouth was running second. He has since relinquished that spot. David Pearson in Charger was running third. Curtis Turner in Chevelle was running fourth. Uh, this is McKinley in the corner. Leroy Yarbrough blowing a lot of smoke. Just went down on the apron and is headed for the pit area. And there's debris on the track. Back to radio control. Thank you. And we'll watch him as he comes in. We see the car now and he's striking some sparks underneath it. I believe something dragging under the car. And it looks as if it was moving down on the right-hand side. Continue with the rundown at the end of 60. Curtis Turner, who now is running second, at that time was running fourth. Bobby Isaacs in Charger was running fifth. Darrell Derringer in Ford was running sixth. Buddy Baker in Charger was running seventh. Fred Lorenzen in Ford was running eighth. Roy Yarbrough in Charger was running ninth. James Hilton in Dodge was running tenth. Gordon Johncock was running eleventh. Jim Hurtavies running twelfth, followed by... Sonny Hutchins in 14th spot was Jerry Grant, and in 15th spot, Gary Bettenhausen. That, uh, those were the standings officially at the end of 60 laps for those of you who may be keeping the records pretty carefully. Freddie, uh, what did you see with regard to Yarbrough? Well, all I saw was he drove her right into the pits behind the wall. He's all through for the afternoon, apparently. 
couldn't see what was hanging off. He did not uh, stop in the spit at all, Fred, did he? No, he just drove right in. Here we got an engine going. You can't see the car with the smoke behind it. And uh, Tiny Lund has just come in, too. He's picking up rubber. Up to the first turn. Up here, turn number 62, Ken Spikes of Cornell, Georgia, blowing an engine as he comes to this first turn. Uh, whether or not he dumped any oil, of course, remains to be seen. The officials are checking it over, but he's going slowly down the back straightaway. He'll be heading into those pits at the moment. And that probably is all for Ken Spikes, who had a sensational spin here his uh, rookie year. And I think this is about his first year back in competition since he had out about three years ago. Let's go back to radio control. We are now running under caution as a result of the spin taken by car 62, Ken Spikes of Cordell, Georgia, in the 67 Pontiac. Yes, Freddie. He did dump oil and debris down the main straightaway here. As you notice, the car is coming out of the pits running through it. There's a line going through as Tiny just went through the oil and water. But it's low on the apron of the track, and it shouldn't create any problems. The safety car is waiting at the entrance, or the exit, rather, of the road to move out. The caution lights are up. We're in the 75th lap. We've been asked the question, what has happened to A.J. Foyt? We've lost track of him. We've checked up now, and we have an answer. Harry Johnson, come in. Uh, Ted, we suddenly noticed that A.J. was missing, and a check with his pit crew says that he flew a clutch and is out of the race. A.J. Foyt out of the race, back to radio control. All right, George Allen, you have some remark to make up there. We've been checking with the Richard Petty uh, pit crew here, and they tell us that they are controlling Richard's speed from the pits. They are asking him to go faster, then slower, but they won't say why they're doing it. In any event, Richard Petty is sort of back in the field right now, and uh, Tiny Lund is a running mate running right behind the safety car as we're under caution. Now back to radio control. As you spoke, uh, George Allen, Mario Andretti came in. It's going to be a change of rubber on the right rear for him. Jim Herdebees is coming in. Jim Pascal making another one of those pit stops of his. Here comes the number 43 once again, Richard Petty, coming down Petty's, the pit road rapidly. Come in. Petty's trunk lid is uh, slipping up on him. You might check that. Yes, it is. I can see that now before the car even stops. The trunk lid is open, and uh, that will be fixed as well as, I presume, some topping off of fuel while they have him in there. Two tires changed on, or one tire... No, I think it was two tires changed on Herdebee's car as he came in. Wendell Scott from Danville, Virginia, made a pit stop and is now going out on the track once again. Let's swing around and go first to Barney Hall. Usually we see a lot of drafting all the way through the race, but there's been a conspicuous absence of it, especially with the leaders, probably due to the tremendous speed and lead changes that they've been having. But I imagine we'll see a great deal of that drafting in the latter part of the race, conserving fuel and, of course, increasing speeds of all the cars. We'll be looking for that later in the race. Back to radio control. A very important announcement was made at a social gathering the other night that there would be a Pat Purcell trophy. Everyone knows, of course, Pat Purcell, who died just a little bit more than a year ago, was the executive general manager of NASCAR for so many years, and so much of the success of the organization can be attributed to Pat Purcell. The idea was to establish a trophy in the name of the late Pat Purcell to be donated to the rookie of the Daytona 500. Eligible are the following, Charlie Glotzbach, Gary Bettenhausen, Red Farmer, Ben Lane, Bob Pickle, Donnie Allison, Dennis Island, Cuckoo Marlin, Dorcas Wisecarver, George England, and Ramos Scott. 
and it looks very much to me, if I believe my eyes, we see the petty blue car number 43 driven around in back of the wall. I know that George Allen is on this situation, and as soon as he's able to find out some information as to why, he'll come back and tell us, I feel very sure. Ted, I have it right now, if you'll allow me to break in. Come in. His uh, trunk lid is up. As someone mentioned a few minutes ago, they can't get the lock to work, and they're going to try and repair it back there, possibly weld it shut. Back to radio control. Okay, that's fine, and we can see him again, although he's going to lose a lot of valuable time. In the pits and out again, Sonny Hutchins of Richmond, Virginia, in his 67 Ford, and we'll go down to Bob McGinley. We just noticed that one of the drivers uh, rolled his window down, took a breath of air, and you know, Ted, uh, this race today is reminiscent of uh, the July 4th firecracker last year when they had all of those uh, sporadic tire changes. We also noticed that the drivers are working a lot harder in the corners this afternoon. They're working that wheel and working it very, very hard. From my vantage point here, I look down into the cars, and I note that uh, over the years, uh, they've changed their driving tactics as the speeds have uh, gone up, but uh, today I just can't figure it out. There's not enough wind here to make it a turbulence, but they're certainly working very, very hard in the corners this afternoon. Back to radio control. Richard Petty's back out on the track up here. Richard Petty just came back out. He beat the uh, caution car. By the way, uh, Ted, while I have it, we might mention Bobby Isaac is leading the race now. A uh, little unfortunate thing as far as Tiny Lund was concerned a while ago. He was caught in the pits when that caution came out and he got caught behind the caution car so he's one lap behind but your lead car now is bobby isaac back to radio control we'll be back in 60 seconds as we left the speedway a few moments ago it was david pearson who was in the lead but boy these changes come about rapidly now here's mario andretti once again with Darrell Derringer right on his tail. Derringer, I think, taking over the lead again. How's it look, Hal? Okay, Derringer has got a nose out in front, and Andretti really pushing that car. And now it is Darrell Derringer out in front, and Andretti second. David Pearson running third, Curtis Turner in the number four spot. And uh, Fred Lorenzen is in the number five spot as they go down the back straightaway. Correction, it's uh, Buddy Baker fifth, and Fred Lorenzen sixth down the back straightaway. Back to radio control. A lot of traffic coming up there in that third turn. Bob McGinley. Yes, and it's David Pearson trying to get up alongside of Darrell Derringer the leader. They're in heavy traffic now. Mario Andretti only two foot behind the Pearson as they go through the fourth turn. The last time around, Curtis Turner was passing Andretti and pretty near got into Davey Pearson. There definitely is a tight lot of action in that high bank fourth corner. Back to radio control. Eight cars in that straight draft. Now, Bonnie Hall, this is the situation you've been watching. Boy, they're tightening it up again as they come out of that number one corner. There goes a the battle again for the number one position. Dave Pearson down inside of Darrell Derringer. They're wheel to wheel as they come through the corner. That's the way they're coming off the corner. Derringer gets back up front. Andretti moving up to challenge Pearson. He's alongside. He goes around Pearson. Takes over the number two spot. Down the back shoots they go and he's challenging for the number one spot. Back to radio control. Andretti has really got it when he needs it. Bob Smith. Andretti has taken over the lead. We have the two Ford Fairlanes uh, up front now with Mario Andretti and uh, Darrell Andretti is opening up a bit of a lead now, but he goes high as Daryl uh, Derringer goes low coming through the fourth turn. Davey Pearson is in the third spot with Buddy Baker in fourth. Now back to radio control. And still that eight-card draft going on directly below us now up to the first turn. Okay, Mario Andretti holding on that front spot, and he really uses that slipstream coming off the second turn. Evidently, that's the place to do it here. He's been trying it all day. Daryl Derringer's moving up now. Looks like he might be going to try it on this particular time. He gets high, now he falls.
falls down low. Let's see if the slipstream works. Mario Andretti changes lanes and holds him off. And Mario Andretti holding, but there goes Daryl Derringer up with him. David Pierce is back in third spot, back to radio control. And down to Bob Smith. All right, we have Mario Andretti in the lead. He's uh, letting that car drift as he goes through this third and fourth turn. It pretty well keeps the other cars from passing him. Daryl Derringer is still threatening, though. Davey Pierce is still in third spot as they go through the fourth turn. Derringer drops low and is going to try and make a move on the triangle. Uh, back to radio control. I have an idea you're going to see our friend Curtis Turner start to move up very, very shortly. He doesn't like to run back there. Never has and never will. The halfway mark is now being signaled with the use of the cross flags from down in the starter's pulpit directly below us here. Half of this grueling race is now completed, and of course, the hardest part now begins. Any mechanical failure, any driver tiredness, any slippage of the mental processes can be very, very dangerous as they go through the next 100 laps. Let's go over to Bob McGinley on the third turn. Mario Andretti now has the lead. Darren Derringer is second. Davey Pierce is third. Buddy Baker fourth. Curtis Turner is fifth. We have a few boys that are doing a real fine job. They've been out there really battling the miles. Clyde Lynn from Christianbury, Virginia in a 66 Ford. H.P. Bailey from Houston, Texas, running a 66 Pontiac. Norris Weisscarver from Sainsville, Ohio in his first NASCAR race. And also Ben Lane from Wrightsville, Georgia in a 66 Chevy. One fellow that's been out here all afternoon, I haven't seen him in a draft, he uh, was 11th in the standings last year, Elmo Langley from Landover, Maryland. He's sitting out there in that board, just keeping that steady pace on the clock every time around. Back to radio control. Well, that's the way the race goes as the halfway mark is passed, and uh, we'll stay right with it here and bring you the action. There is a four-car situation with Mario Andretti up there in the lead, then Darrell Derringer coming right along behind him. That hasn't changed very much, but it gets closer and then spreads out a little bit as each lap is completed. Right now, here comes Mario Andretti down low under us now. The little, the little fella, uh, he is short in stature, born in Italy, now living in Nazareth, Pennsylvania, and, of course, a national champion on two occasions. Let's go over to Barney Hall. All right, Andretti has opened up about a five-car length right now between uh, Derringer. Derringer drops down to the inside, closes the gap, followed by Pearson. And then Buddy Baker, Curtis Turner, Paul Goldsmith, Tiny Lund, and Fred Lorenzen also moving up in there to make it about an eight-car battle. Ted, I've been wondering if uh, anybody up there has put a stopwatch on these leaders to see what kind of speed they're turning the track right now. Back to radio control. As you speak, uh, Freddie uh, Agabation reaches over to my stopwatch, and I'll put him to work. In the meantime, let me give you the standings at the end of 90 laps. It's true that we are now in the 103rd, but there are those of our friends who keep the records. The average speed at the end of 90 was 137.6. The leader then was Dave Pearson in charge of Darrell Derringer and Ford running second. Curtis Turner in Chevelle running third. Andretti in fourth, uh, in Ford running fourth. Buddy Baker in charge of running fifth. Uh, Freddie Lorenzen in Ford running sixth. Gordon Johncock in Plymouth running seventh. Jim Herdebees in Plymouth running eighth. James Hilton in Dodge was ninth, and Jerry Grant in Plymouth was tenth. Those were the standings at the end of 90 official laps. We're now working on the 104th lap, and we'll go over to Barney Hall. Well, that's still eight-car battle is going on. Andretti is sitting the pace right now, but right on his bumper still is Darrell Derringer. I've been watching Derringer here in the second corner, and if anybody is uh, getting some slingshot practice coming off the corner, Derringer's been doing it all afternoon. He uh, has run on every...
everybody that he, he's been drafting all afternoon, coming off the second turn, and every time he comes around, whether he's challenging for a position or not, he's been shooting down to the inside of the track. That may have some significance, very definitely will, if it comes down to a showdown in the last lap. Back to radio control. 106 lap, Andretti still leading, but Darren just seems determined to take that lead away from him. He does as he comes into the fourth turn, and it is now Darrell Derringer riding down low, Mario Andretti riding up high in second spot, and again, I believe that position has changed as Andretti once again takes the lead as they go directly below us here on the start-finish line, so Andretti is still out in the lead. At the end of 100 laps, at the halfway mark, the average speed had upped to 140.823 miles an hour. Andretti and Ford leading, Derringer and Ford running second, David Pearson in charge of running third, Buddy Baker in charge of running fourth, Curtis Turner and Chevelle running fifth, Fred Lorenzen and Ford running sixth, Gordon Johncock in Plymouth running seventh, James Hilton in Dodge running eighth, and Jerry Grant in Plymouth running ninth. One lap behind in tenth position, Sonny Hutchins in Ford, eleventh spot, and also one lap behind, Tiny London Plymouth, and Bobby Isaac in Charger in twelfth spot. Let's go up to the first turn. Okay, the boys really paddling as they uh, come by here a moment ago, and Mario Andretti seems determined not to let uh, this uh, yellow car, Darrell Derringer, fly. They're coming up this time, and it looks like David Pearson. David Pearson just moved down in front of uh, Mario Andretti. Andretti riding second, Buddy Baker third. This puts uh, Darrell Derringer back in fourth spot, and uh, Curtis Turner in fifth spot. Freddie Lorenzen riding in the number six spot as they go down the back straightaway. The charger of David Pearson out in front with uh, Mario Andretti trying to catch him back to radio control. Yes, and Mario almost caught him as they went down to Bob McGinley. Yes, we had a little traffic in the form of J.C. Putney. So Mario Andretti now is drafting behind Dave Pearson. Moving up on the outside is Darrell Derringer to go around Buddy Baker. Baker slowing down now as he comes down into the fourth turn back to radio control. And car 05 has come into the pit area. That's Donnie Allison of Hueytown, Alabama. Moves in for a routine inspection, possibly a change of tires. And coming in at the same time is Buddy Baker in car number three, the white uh, Dodge set up by Ray Fox. Coming into his pit in no great hurry, but uh, still moving right along. And it seems to me as if he might just get fuel. But we'll watch it and see whether or not this, too, is a change of tire. Let's go over to the second turn. Bonnie Hall. Dave Pearson is leading right now. Andretti is sitting right on his bumper. He almost made a bit as they came off the second turn and then dropped back in behind him. But watching Lorenzen, he is moving up consistently. He is working his way through some of the slower traffic and is now running up in the first five or six automobiles. So we'll have to keep an eye on him. Uh, Lorenzen ran back in the pack for a while, but apparently now he's decided it's time to move up and run with the leaders. Back to radio control. Jerry Grant in car number 40 in the 67 Plymouth with Tom Freakin from the West Coast is now in for changes of rubber on the right and uh, rear and front tires and, of course, is taking on fuel. And here comes Paul Goldsmith in that beautiful blue and white Plymouth of his, number 99, moving into the pits for what might be a routine stop. Car number 71, Bobby Isaac, Catawba, North Carolina, and the 67 Dodge is also in the pits. And, uh, no, I correct myself, he's on his way out from the pits. He came in and didn't stop and went right out again. We're now in the 110th lap, and it's been a dogfight all the way through, and he is right now up in the front of the field. Radio control. Come in. Uh, moving by me on the fourth turn very slowly with his engine shut off is Richard Petty of Rhino, North Carolina, in that 67 Plymouth. He's heading into pit road. Back to radio control. 
Well, yes, sir. Petty is coming in rapidly now in that number 43 of his, that Petty Blue car. Comes into the pits. We'll see what we can get as a report as we go along. We'll call on George Allen in just a few moments. At the same time, Davey Pearson comes in. Derringer comes in. Herdebeast comes in. The uh, caution flag is not out. We are still racing, but they've chosen this time to make their pre the, the uh, previously agreed upon pit stop. Speedway now in the 114th lap of this 200 lapper, and Mario Andretti is now out in the lead again. We had quite a few pit stops while we were away, visiting with your uh, friendly merchants around the country. How about Brad? What was that? Do they uh, prearrange pit stops, would you say? No, they were called in stops, prearranged, right, Ted. Uh, they called in David Pearson, they called in Petty. Petty is, however, having difficulty with rubber, and they changed rubber on the car on the left side again. However, his engine died prior to takeoff. They had to help push it to get it uh, fired up. They're calling in Ma Mario Andretti. Now I see his pit board out, and it's time for Mario to pit, and he'll be pitting in the next few laps. However, Herdebees is having a big tire problem. He came in while we were talking earlier and picked up a right rear with no tread on it on his old one. Now he just came in and picked up another left rear tire. So he's having tread pulling, pulling off trouble. We uh, have just been told yeah, we got an engine blown. It's car number 85. He's something oil all over the track. That's Gordon John Cock as he's down in the first lane. Looking back up the speedway, we can see the oil on the track. It's on the first groove and on the apron. Back to radio control. All right, we'll watch that pretty carefully. I understand in the meantime that Richard Petty went out without the gas tank. What other actions going to be taken on that or not? I get the information from the safety control directly next to us here. Here comes Mario Andretti for his pit stop. Big sign, pit held up to show him where the pit is. And this may be a very short one. We'll put a watch on him and get some sort of an idea of just how long he stays in. Let's go up to the first turn. How happens? Okay, Pretty Lorenzo is taking the lead in this race right now. He is live ahead of Daryl Derringer. Derringer's on his uh, back bumper. Derringer, of course, is that lap behind because of a pit stop, and he's moving around uh, Freddie Lorenzen going down the back straightaway. Possibly Lorenzen will be making a pit stop here in just a moment or two since uh, Mario Andretti made one. He is evidently D1-2, but... Um, Freddy Lorenzen leading the uh, race right now. He's been uh, hanging back from 5th to 7th or 8th place with uh, Derringer racing him on the racetrack but still not in there. David Pearson's right behind uh, Daryl Derringer, so they should be battling for the number one spot before too long. Mario Andretti comes back out with a fast pit stop, moves out in front of Daryl Derringer, so he'll hold that position right now on the racetrack. Back to radio control. Cutty did come in to get rubber chains at the same time get the gas tank cap put on again. So he uh, uh, made hay while the sun was shining. And at the end of 110 laps, officially, the speed, 143.519 miles an hour. Mario Andretti and Ford holding down the lead. Freddie Lorenzo now has moved up into second position in Ford. Carol Derringer is running third in Ford. Dave Pearson in Charger is running fourth. And Buddy Baker in Charger running fifth. That was at the end of 110 laps. Wendell Scott made another pit stop. 
and has gone out once again. He's not fast, but uh, or as fast as some of the others, but uh, he does all his own work, truly an independent, and certainly to be applauded for his stick to it. Danville, Virginia, does a great job. Freddie, have you got an observation here? Yes, I watched. I watched him change tires on Mario's car. I had the glasses on the tires proper, and they're looking fine. So at the speed he's running, and he was running speeds in excess of 178 miles an hour while he was leading this uh, this goal, and his tires looked lovely when they took them off. So uh, some of the people are having tire trouble basically due to the way the chassis is set up, and in some cases they're being unfortunate enough to pick up debris. And uh, I mean, heard of Beans was having trouble, and he, he let a rubber right off of the car. I saw two tires removed, one of which the inner half of the tread on the right rear was gone, and the left rear was chunking on the automobile. Some of them have their chassis set up a little different than others that are tire tread to warm up and or pull off. Mario Andretti is kind of giving the car his head as one he's using up some racetrack going in low. He's compensating for the wind, I notice, in this uh, eastern corner, doing a beautiful job, and he's going to be a real hard competitor in the balance of this race. You, you can believe that. Another pair to watch is uh, this Hilton is doing a real nice job getting in. He's flipping in and out and still running in a pretty decent position, as is Gordon Johncock. They're working quietly all the way up the line. And, of course, Lorenzen has been non-spectacular and, of course, is now leading the race as well. Holman and Moody uh, have certainly set that car of Mario Andretti's up beautifully down in their Charlotte plant, reflecting itself in the way it's handling, no question about it. Dennis Island has come in for a change of tires, and uh, the 66 Dodge is now ready to move out and does move out back on the track once again. We're now in the 120th lap and leading at the moment, according to the board across from me now, and for the first time this afternoon, is Freddie Lorenzen. And here are the current positions just handed to me by Ernie Moore. The current positions show Freddie Lorenzen in the lead. Mario Andretti running second and in third spot, Darrell Derringer. One lap behind in fourth position is Davey Pearson. And in fifth position in car number three is Buddy Baker, also one lap behind the first three that I mentioned, Lorenzen, Mario Andretti, and Darrell Derringer. So that puts an entirely uh, different complexion. This is the first time Freddie's moved up there in the lead. What strategy do you think he'll have to use now? He's still got a half a race to go. He has a half a race to go, and I do not recall when he pitted last for fuel. However, he should be due in here. Mario is in good shape. Mario Andretti pitting prior to the lap 120, which we're in at the present time, will be able to stretch his mileage to about 43 laps as he has previously, so he may be able to go this with one more pit stop and get over the line rather thin. Now, I think uh, Fred Lorenzen is about in the same category, with the exception, I think, Lorenzen has a few more laps on him. Therefore, uh, both of those boys ought to be 
establishing the, uh, one more stop before leading to the race. Well, now, if Freddy Lorenzen's going to repeat his exploit of the race two days ago, he's going to find somebody to latch on to. Yes, and he's, he's going to have to worry about another teammate in Mario Andretti, because both of them, I think, fuel-wise, are about the same. I think Fred will have the advantage over Mario. Yeah, we've got a blown engine down here. Car number Take it away. Buddy Baker in the second lane, right through the racing group. And now we have car number 78 got on the oil, started to slide a little bit, but he held it under control. 78 driven by Ben Lane of Wrightsville, Georgia. And you have Baker coming in, back to radio control. Yes, Buddy Baker coming down pit lane now, smoking very badly, pulling right and does a complete circle as he attempts to turn into the entrance through the wall into the pit area, getting oil on his own back tires. Now they're spraying it with the foam just to make sure that uh, it dries up as rapidly as possible. Buddy Baker, I'm sure a very, very disgusted young man, and he's done such a great job this afternoon, and I, sure, I think possibly saw for himself a real win. He's been robbed of them on a couple of occasions at Charlotte, I recall, last fall, doing great, and then came out again. Radio control. Come in. Lorenzen has run out of fuel. He's limping into the pit road right now. Back to radio control. All right, thank you. We'll be back. Back again at the speedway and still running under the caution. But in the meantime, Mario Andretti did make his pit stop. And by virtue of that, Davey Pearson has moved up at the moment into the lead, making an entirely new race up there for that front spot when they start to work his way through the field and back in once again. Bob McGinley, come in, please. Uh, just a moment ago, Innes Island parked his car down here by my stand. Got out, Mr. Bill France, who's always on top of all of the action, came along in his big Pontiac. And Innes started to get in, then he decided to grab a cigarette off of one of the boys, got it. Another safety car pulled up, he got in it. They decided he wasn't going to ride back in that, and finally Mr. Bill France takes him back to the pit in royal style. Back to radio control. I know that'll make the Scotchman, Irishman, Englishman very, very happy indeed, so he's assured of a ride. We're now working on the 136th lap of this race, which goes for 200 laps, as I've said several times. So suppose we take a swing around, going first up to Hal Hamrick on the first turn. Okay, the cleanup crew up here, cleaning up uh, pieces of debris that uh, evidently came off of uh, Ennis Ireland's car. He blew the uh, engine on down the way, but he uh, came through here very slowly, and evidently some pieces falling off, and he, uh, they are cleaning up all of the debris to see that everything will be nice and safe for these guys when they get ready to race again. And it is all clear now. The cars are going underneath us now. Uh, Mario Andretti right behind Richard Petty. He's adjusting his uh, uh, helmet straps, and everything will be ready to go to race here in a few minutes. Back to radio control. At the uh, conclusion of 130 laps, Ernie Moore sends over the news that the average speed, 146.983, picking up just a bit. Mario Andretti was leading at that point. Davey Pearson was second. That position has been reversed now due to the pit stop taken by Mario. In third spot was Curtis Turner. In fourth, Freddie Lorenzen. And in fifth, Darrell Derringer. One lap behind in sixth position, Tiny Lund. In seventh spot, Bobby Isaac. And in eighth spot, James Hilton. The standings at 130 laps. We're now working on the 137th lap. Let's go up to the second turn and Bonnie Hall. Well, Ted, we have uh, quite a few automobiles still very much in contention uh, to win this race. Davey Pearson in a good position to win it. Also, Tiny Lund and, uh, of course, Mario Andretti. Curtis Turner 
Daryl Derringer, Fred Lorenzen, Paul Goldsmith, Bobby Isaacs, all still running strong. And we're going to see a lot of racing between now and the finish this afternoon. Back now to radio control. Yes, indeed we are. The word has just been passed down to Johnny Bruner, Jr. that there'll be one more lap before the pace car pulls off. And the racing resumes once again. In the meantime, Daryl Derringer comes in again, as does Richard Petty pulling into their pits, both of them. And Jim Herdeby, in turn, moves out. We're watching down there. We can see the pits of both Derringer and the pit of Petty. The hood goes up on the Petty car. Derringer moves out a very short pit stop. And uh, Petty is evidently getting more rubber on there. That's the way it looks to me, Freddie. Yes, they have the left side jacked up, and apparently they're running into setup trouble, too, as far as chassis and rubber problems are concerned. Daryl Derringer just made a old precautionary stop, took on a few extra gallons. He took, uh, trying to keep it as full as he can. Now, if you'll check that scoreboard with 11, 6, 13, and 28, Mario Andretti, David Pearson, uh, Turner, as well as Lorenzen, they're going to have to make one more stop yet. So the complexion of this race can be changed by somebody beyond those four people. Uh, sneaking into the act as well. However, if nobody else gets in the act, those four people do not have trouble. They're going to have to stop by about a, a lap 175 to 78 maximum. Now, the race could be won between those four people depending on the efficiency of the pit crew and possibly uh, one having to take on tires, which will ex extend his pit stop. So this is going to be a very interesting race. Again, you could end up with one of those Daytona finishes, a photo finish. Wouldn't seem normal if we had anything else but. And uh, I see Johnny Bruner down here far below us with one finger raised, meaning still another lap. We had thought we would get the green flag on that one, Fred, but we're not going to. And according to our official scoreboard, they've just changed it. Pearson is in the lead as uh, Hal Hamrick applied uh, just a few moments ago with uh, number 13, Curtis Turner, running second. Well, now let me correct this, because we get this right from the scorer's platform just handed to me. This is the current standings. Number six, Davey Pearson in the lead. They have number 28, which would be Freddie Lorenzen in second spot, Curtis Turner third, and Mario Andretti fourth. So we'll go along with this. Uh, these are naturally subject to being changed uh, as of a recheck uh, as right. they go along. But... Uh, we're giving them to you just as we receive them. In fifth spot was car number 26. That's Darrell Derringer. In sixth spot was number 42, Tiny Lunn. Seventh spot, number 48, and that's James Hilton. And then comes car number 71, Bobby Isaac. So uh, that's the way they, ha they have it at the moment. Freddie Lorenzen right up there knocking on the door with David Pearson and the Charger out ahead. And Freddie, of course, in the... Uh, uh, Freddie Lorenzen in that white Ford that uh, Holman and Moody has set up. That's the spot he likes to be in on that uh, back end of a Charger uh, sort of uh, tailgate a little bit too, isn't it? That's right. He's had great success in latching on to Chargers, and if he has any choice of the matter, that's what he's going to do. Bob Smith, I see they're moving down below you now, picking up speed. Yes, they are. The pace car is beginning to drop down now as the cars pick up speed in the lead is car number 20. Uh, that is Clyde Lynn. He's leading this pack for the first time here this afternoon. They're really picking up speed now as they head into the trial room. Back to radio control. Here we go. The green flag comes down up to Hal Hamrick. Okay, and here come the Chargers. The Chargers coming around uh, the traffic. There's quite a bit of traffic in front of him. David Pearson trying to work his way through, and he's got some cars in front of him. Freddie Larson lost that... Uh, 
Lost a chance to draft on uh, David Pearson, right behind Pearson right now, is turn number 99, Paul Goldsmith. Pearson, your leader, moving around the traffic. And now Pearson, uh, Petty, correction, Lorenzen trying to get around there. Pearson's out in front, Buster Radio Control. Okay, Lorenzen has moved out into the lead as they get out of the back stretch. It looks like Mario Andretti right behind him. How about that, Bob McGinley? Yes, Mario Andretti moves right along. He's on Curtis Turner now. As they go into the fourth turn, it's Davey Pearson, Goldsmith, Lorenzen. Then we have, moving down on the inside, Curtis Turner, then Mario Andretti, and great big tiny Lund back to radio control. And up to the second turn, Barney Hall. All right, now that long front stretch they come. And they're getting all bunched as they approach the number one quarter. Curtis Turner is really moving up through the pack. Dave Pearson having his hands full, staving off Paul Goldsmith. Goldsmith sitting on his bumper in a two-car draft as they come into the number one quarter. Pearson now separates himself by a couple of car lengths from Goldsmith. Traffic very heavy in the second turn. Curtis Turner moving up very rapidly, followed by Mario Andretti as they go down the long back chute. Still, Pearson out front. Back to radio control. Out into the third turn. We're going to the fourth turn and Bob Smith. All right, there's a challenge going on for first place now as they move through the third and fourth turn. Paul Goldsmith is challenging David Pearson. And the third spot is Fred Lorenzen still hanging on to the bumper, doing his best at drafting. Pearson goes high and Goldsmith goes low. Now they switch positions going into the trial. Back to radio control. Yes, this is a close one here with Mario Andretti trying to get back into action. Currently, a little further back than he'd like to be. He's running fourth, and right behind him is Curtis Turner trying to latch a draft onto him as they go up and through the sweep of the first turn where they go very high, as is their custom recently. They're higher than they have been doing in the past, it seems to me. So let's get down to Bob McGinley. Uh, we noticed Dal Derringer the last time around was threading his way through the slower cars. He wants to get up there in the front with these fast ones, and here comes the fast cars right now. Davey Pearson, Goldsmith, and Lorenzo, a three-car draft. Four car lengths behind is uh, number 11, Mario Andretti, with Curtis Turner right on his bumper. Then five car lengths behind that is Tiny Lund. And about eight car lengths behind is Darrell Derringer. Back to radio control. Up to Hal Hamrick. Okay, Curtis Turner just blew an engine. Curtis Turner blowing an engine. He's holding on to the car, going, uh, weaving a little bit as he goes through this first turn. He's down on the flat apron. But the Chevelle number 13 of Curtis Turner is out of the race, evidently, because he blew an engine coming through the trial bend. He held onto the car, fishtailing a little bit as he comes through here, leaving quite a trail of oil. But he was down on the flat area of this first turn, so that might be all for the Chevelle fans and Curtis Turner for today. He's going very slowly down the back straightaway, back to radio control. Very bad break for the veteran, likable chap from down south here, originally from Roanoke. Virginia, and of course the handiwork of Smokey Eunuch from Daytona Beach here in building that car, truly an independent uh, car builder. And we'll go racing again in just about three seconds. Here they come up toward the trioval, 18 degrees back right here and up to the first turn. Okay, the green flag is on and here they come, the lead car, Mario Andretti. Freddie Lorenzen right behind him, and let's see if Freddie is going to really push him now. Freddie Lorenzen right behind, and he has uh, not been in contention for most of the day. He's been in contention, but not for the number one spot. He's right behind Mario Andretti as they go down that box straightaway. Andretti in first place, Fred Lorenzen in second place, back to radio control. And to you, Bob Smith. 
All right, they're moving down the back straightaway now. We have uh, Mario Andretti holding down the lead. Lorenzen closing up the gap just a bit now as they move into the third turn. There's only about a car length separating these two automobiles. Andretti goes low and lets that car sweep out into the third groove. No, he holds it down this time. The first time he's done that in a long time. And uh, Lorenzen stays right on his bumper in the same groove with him as they move into the trioval back to radio control. Well, here's the old master in the art of drafting right behind Mario Andretti who has far less experience as far as stock car racing is concerned and that must be quite an anxious moment for the young italian born hero as he sees the old master lorenzen looking through him into the mirror and uh, let's see how he handles himself let's go to barney hall all right pulling right up on him is lorenzen he's going to make it a draft right on the bumper of andretti but dave pearson is getting up in to make it a three-way battle right now as they get out of back shoot lorenzen swings inside andretti he doesn't go around him he's running right on the outside of him as they go down into the third turn back to radio Control. Yes, we've got a three-way duel going out over there. How about it, Bob McGinley? Uh, Davey Pearson now is taking over the second spot behind uh, Mario Andretti as uh, Fred Lorenzen is drafting on a big charger. Paul Goldsmith, about uh, ten car lengths behind, has Tiny Lund uh, right on his bumper in another draft. We notice that Richard Petting now starts to move through the crowd, getting up closer to Jimmy Hilton, the rookie of the year, as they move out of the slower traffic back to radio control. A beautiful three-car draft right underneath uh, our friend Hal Hamrick. Come in. Okay, Mario Andretti holding on to that uh, number one spot, and uh, David Pearson second, Fred Lorenzen third. Fred's right where he wants to be, drafting on one of these chargers. He's right behind uh, the car of David Pearson. Pearson tries to break the draft as they go down the back straightaway and trying to move up on Andretti. Andretti holds it, though, and moves on down. This makes Pearson the middleman in a three-way draft, but a beautiful draft, and they're certainly pouring on the coal around this just as if it was the first lap back to radio control. And a great sight it is indeed. I'm going to ask uh, Bonnie Hall if he'll take it from here. All right, coming down that front straightaway, it's still the same. Andretti is out front. The cars bunch very closely. Less than a car length separate them as they come into that number one corner. Still Andretti. And as Hal mentioned, I believe that uh, Fred Lorenzen is quite content just to sit back on the bumper, at least for a while right now, and draft that Dodge Charger, because that's what he's doing. He's making no attempt to get around. He's content to run in a three-car draft as they go down the back shoot. It's still Andretti, Pearson, and Fred Lorenzen. Back to radio control. Yes, and as Freddy uh, Agabation just pointed out, you've got three champions out there running, three national champions since David Pearson is the defending uh, NASCAR national champion. And it looks as if he's going to take that second spot, Freddy, as they come through that turn. Let's see just what does happen. Bob Smith, come in. Yes, they're side by side. It was Pearson and uh, uh, Andretti side by side. However, uh, Andretti pulled out ahead of Pearson as they moved through the fourth turn. Fred Lorenzen still running in third spot as they move in through the trial. Back to radio control. This Fred Lorenzen, you know, is a very imperturbable type of a guy. He doesn't get very much excited and when he'll, if he does manage to pull this one off, he'll probably say, just as if it had been planned all week, yes, I intended a draft on the back of Pearson, and I'm very happy that he brought me along as well as he did. How about that, Fred? Well, that's absolutely true, because he's not about to lead this, I don't think. He doesn't want to, that's for sure, because he's a miser when it comes to fuel, and he'll do all his racing in the last hundred miles. He has stated this fact uh, prior to this race, and he's doing a beautiful job catching a ride, conserving fuel, and will, uh, without a doubt, go the distance after he makes one more fuel stop because we're in the 153rd lap now. 
Now Pearson has taken over the lead with these three cars just as close as they can possibly be, and let's go up to Hamrick. Okay, David Pearson out in front, Mario Andretti now, trying a little bit of that drafting. He's the middle man with uh, Red Lorenzen hanging right in there. He's definitely not going to let go. Freddie Lorenzen in third spot is a gun on the back straightaway, so a charger in front, then two Fords, and uh, back to radio control. We're now working on the 154th lap. This is a 200 lapper that we're seeing unfold below us here, and so you can figure out just how many there are left, and they're all going to be good ones, I guarantee you that. Bob McGinley, they just passed you. Any changes? Uh, there are no changes, but uh, Pearson was definitely uh, attempting to break the draft that time. He used all four lanes coming down the long 4,000-foot back chute, but Mario Andretti, who has picked up the art of drafting, and Freddie Lorenzen held right on to him as they went through traffic, went through the tri into the trioval in the same positions back to radio control. And there'll be more action from the Speedway in just one minute. We're back at the Speedway, and I'd like to make this observation. Nothing has been overlooked here at Daytona to make racing as safe a sport as it possibly can be. And if the cautions which have come out have slowed down the average speed, that is of secondary importance. If there's the slightest doubt in the minds of Bill France Jr., Bill France Sr., or Joe Epson up here in the tower, that the course is not safe due to oil being dumped, out comes the caution. That's all there is to it, regardless. And I certainly know that you'll agree that that is the way it should be done. Let's go down to the third turn, Bob McGinley. We noticed the last few laps around that uh, Goldsmith and Tiny Lund are starting to pick up just a couple of car lengths each time around on that three-car draft. This is going on between the leaders, Davy Pearson, Mario Andretti, and Fred Lorenzen. They're coming into the corner now, and they're tied with a string, so to speak, as uh, Davy Pearson leads them into that fourth corner. Mario Andretti is uh, running about a half a continent behind the leader, Dave Pearson. That's the radio control. Here were the standings five laps ago at the official 150-lap mark. The speed had picked up again to 142.978, and Freddie and Ford leading. Got Pearson. a blown engine over in the number two corner. Take it. Car number 71 is Bobby Isaacs. A great deal of smoke coming out of the car. I assume it is a blown engine. He is slowing down. He's going down the back chute. We're moving into the third turn. Still at pretty good speed. But a lot of smoke coming out front of the car. He'll probably be coming out of the pit. Back to radio control. Matter of fact, he just left the pits. This is the first lap that he went out under the race again, and uh, we didn't expect to see him come to grief if that is the case so soon after going out of the pits, but we'll be watching him. Let me give the uh, people along the line the standings at 150. As I said, it's Andretti and Ford, uh, Pearson in Charger, and Lorenzen in Ford running one, two, three. One lap behind him in fourth position is Tiny London, Plymouth, fifth and one lap behind is James Hilton in Dodge, and sixth and one lap behind is Bobby Isaac in Charger. Seventh and two laps behind is Jerry Grant in Plymouth. Three laps behind, and standing eighth is 99, Paul Goldsmith in Plymouth. And in ninth position, it's Darrell Derringer in Ford, and he's three laps behind the leaders and lying in ninth spot. In tenth position, with four laps behind, Sam McQuag in Mercury, 11th is Jim Herdebees in Plymouth, and 12th is Richard Petty in Plymouth, who's had his share of troubles today, no question about it. And as I speak, Sam McQuag of Columbus, Georgia, who has also made more pit stops than he would have liked to, is in the pits with the hood being raised at the moment. Now let's go down to Bob McGinley on the fourth turn. Mario Andretti is challenging for the lead, going into the trioval and has it over Davy Pearson with Freddie Lorenzo moving up to take over second spot. Goldsmith and uh, 
Donnie Lund still closing the gap. Back to and they're control. coming up this way. I believe David Pearson has blown an engine. David Pearson, a lot of smoke coming out of that car. Go to the inside. Yes, David Pearson, the inside of that car filled with smoke also. I don't know whether he can see or not. He is back up on the bank slightly. There's no traffic around him. But David Pearson, just as he come off of that trioval van, blew an engine. So that looks like that might be all for the charger of Cotton Lines this afternoon. He's going very slowly down the back straightaway. We've seen several of these top runners have this problem. And David Pearson is out right now. Back to radio control. And over to Barney Hall. Dave Pearson uh, just dropped off the turn very slowly going down the back straightaway. He had a very disgusted look on his face. He threw his hands up to the crowd, both hands up as though, well, that's the way it goes. And down the back shooting goes, heading for the pit. Back to radio control. Bobby Isaac in car number 71 has just come into the pit. We were speaking of him just a few moments ago before Davey Pearson had his uh, break of uh, really tough luck because Davey was right up there, as you know, running third when all of a sudden that engine let go and that surely is the end of it for him. He just passed Bob McGinley's position. Bob, come in. Uh, yes, Davey went by and the fans, of course, were waving at him and uh, some of them uh, gleefully and others uh, with a lot of sympathy. And going by me now is those two Fords. One of Mario Andretti is down low and Bert Lorenzen high. Then we have the two Plymouths, one Goldsmith and the other Tiny Lund. And they're trying to close up on those two front runners. Back to radio control. Obviously, the observation posts on all four corners have passed the word along to uh, safety control here that there is no oil as a result because the caution flag has not come out. We are still running at racing speed. Bob Smith, come in. Yes, uh, David Pearson going by for right now. I notice he's already taken off his helmet as he comes by here and wipes his brow with a handkerchief. Uh, just before he flew, he was coming by my position here, and up alongside him was Mario Andretti, and a little telltale puff of smoke came out of that Dodge Charger as it went by me, and I was just about to break in and say something about it when all of a sudden I looked up there and a big pillow of smoke came out of David Pearson's car. Now back to radio control. Yes, that's indeed tough luck for that young boy from Spartanburg, North Carolina. We're very, very sorry to see it happen. As I said, he is the defending NASCAR champion, having won that laurel last year uh, as a result of the Grand National season, and a very close one it was at the time. Evidently, it has been decided to bring the caution flag out. The yellow is out once again, and the safety car moves out of pit road to pick up the leader if possible, but at least to pick up anywhere and slow the field down. And we're back at the speedway. The signal has just gone out, but one more lap will be uh, covered before they'll give us the green flag so that we can get racing once again. We're in the 168th lap of the 200 lapper, and let's go up to Barney Hall. Ted, we were talking about this wheel that came off a moment ago. That wheel traveled all the way down the entire front straightaway through the first turn and stopped almost directly in front of me, and it never did fall over. It just stopped out there standing up with a weird-looking sight. The safety crew has now picked it up, of course, and we're ready to go racing again. Back to radio control. Well, that's very unusual. The wheel stands up when it stops rolling, and it did, of course. I might explain for those who've never been here that this speedway is uh, a new concept in speedways when it was opened in 1959. We do not have two parallel straightaways. The back stretch is absolutely straight, 4,000 feet. But here on the home stretch, it comes off the fourth turn and sort of bellies out, if I can put it in that type of language, to make what is uh, the reason for calling the track a tri-oval. It actually has a shallow bend 
as it comes out from the pit road, which is uh, which normally would be parallel to the backstretch and is, but the track itself, banked 18 degrees here, is a uh, trioval effect coming out from the uh, horizontal to the backstretch. All right, the cars are underway again. The green flag is going to come out. We go racing again. We go to the first turn. Okay, about four cars in front now. Fred Lorenzen and Mario Andretti trying to get around this slower traffic. There was about three or four cars in front of them, and they're headed up this way now with Andretti pulling out in front. Andretti out in front, and Tony Linus moved up there between uh, Fred Lorenzen and Andretti. Andretti pulling out six or seven car lengths, eight car lengths out in front now. In second spot on the track is uh, Tony Lund, Fred Lorenzen right behind him. Paul Goldsmith holding down the number four spot on the track. Back to radio control. You have some smoking going on up there. Bonnie Hall, can you tell me who it is? That is still Bobby Isaacs at Car 71. Great deal of smoke coming from the right side of the automobile. I'm pretty sure that's a tire rubbing or something on that side because that's where all the smoke is coming from. Back to radio control. And to Bob McGinley. That's a car number 71 coming down, still smoking. Richard Petty, who of course has been in and out of the pits, has moved up to run with the front runners. Uh, we're going to have a helmet dash here at any time. Back to radio control. Well, uh, Petty has just outdragged uh, Mario Andretti going up into the first turn. Bonnie Hall, come in. All right, it's a two-car battle there. As they come into the turn, Andretti getting his hands full, and he has a couple of cars on his bumper. That is uh, Tidy Lund inside instead of Richard Petty. As they go wheel to wheel off the number two corner down the back chute, Lund staying with him. Lorenzen pulls up alongside Goldsmith, and it's a four-way battle as they go down into the number three corner, back to radio control. And the Bob Smith on the fourth turn. All right, moving down through the third and fourth turn now, moving out into the lead is that uh, Petty Blue Plymouth driven by... Uh, Tiny Lund, Andretti is right behind him. Of course, Andretti leading the race. Then we have Paul Goldsmith and Fred Lorenzen. Then comes Darrell Derringer back to radio control. All right, and up to Hal Hamrick in the first turn. This is very important to Tiny Lund if he can stay out in front of Mario Andretti in case the caution comes out again. He can make up this lap that he's lost. However, coming up to the first turn right now, Mario Andretti pulls back around Tiny Lund. Mario Andretti back out in front of Tiny Lund on the track. Of course, he's leading the race with Fred Lorenzen in second place, Tiny Lund third, then Goldsmith. But uh, Tiny Lund would like nothing better than to move around Andretti again so that if this luck caution comes out again, he can make up this left. Back to radio control. Bob McGinley. And as they come to me now, that's just exactly what this gentleman's trying to do. He's fighting to hold that lead, but Mario Andretti pulled up alongside as they went into the corner, had to drop back and settle for second spot. Goldsmith is third in this group of cars, with Lorenzen in the Ford running fourth, Darrell Derringer is fifth in another Ford, back to radio control. Yes, it's a good one in the making right down here, and so over to Bonnie Hall. Well, Andretti is still trying to get up alongside Tidy Lund. Lund putting on a great show for the race fans right now. Of course, this is very important to him, as Hal said. We've got a five-car draft. Lund up front there goes Andretti up alongside Tidy Lund as he moves back out front. Darrell Derringer coming up. He's going to try and pass everybody also, looks like, as they go into the number three corner, back to radio control. And down to Bob McGinley. And he gets to the second spot. Pretty near loses it, but hangs on. The front end of the car was jumping up and down violently, but Derringer hung on. He's now right behind Mario Andretti in the trial. We'll back to radio control. Yes, here they come down below us here now, and they're passing everything else of the slower cars right underneath. Here goes Andretti. Right behind him is Daryl Derringer, and let's go up to the first turn. Okay, Derringer tried to do the same thing, get around Andretti so he can unlap himself because he lost that valuable time a while ago, and he might be doing it right now. He has been uh, playing around with uh, Andretti all day long, and let's see if he can get by him on a slip stream down that back straightaway. No, Andretti. 
Reddy pulls away. And coming up now, Tiny Lundfast as they go down the buck straightaway back to Radio Control. And to you, Bob Smith. All right, it's still Mario Andretti and Daryl Derringer in the lead. Tiny Lund hanging on to the bumper of Daryl Derringer, trying his best. They're moving into traffic. Two cars running side by side right in front of them. One of them's going to have to give. Somebody's got to give. Andretti goes high as he pulls Derringer right along with him, and Tiny Lund goes along with him. Now back to Radio Control. Yes, we had three abreast down there, and the two lower cars did give away so that Mario can continue on his line, and he did. He went through, holding down the lead as he goes up to Hal Hammond. Okay, here comes Mario Andretti with, uh, he's in the lead, of course, in the lead of this pack, and right behind him, Daryl Derringer. Derringer going high now. Let's see if he can make it. Tony Lund on a draft, direct draft with Derringer. Andretti out by himself, about three car lengths out, and now, once again, Derringer and, uh, Tony Lund making their move down that back straightaway, and they move by, and there goes Derringer by Mario Andretti as they go into the third turn back to radio control. Bob McGinley. And Derringer has the lead now with Mario Andretti second. Tony Lund is holding down just a little, let Mario Andretti go to the outside, but he can't slingshot off that corner, has to settle for third spot in the draft back to radio control. Yes, here they come down toward us now, and they've been playing... Uh, hopscotch, so to speak, with each other. And right in back is uh, the wily Fred Lorenzen running fifth in that five-car draft. Content to stay there, showing no signs of making a bid. He's content to ride along with the cumulative air currents that the first four cars are setting up, and thereby saving himself a lot of valuable fuel. Let's go over to Barney Hall again. All right, Derringer leads him off that turn. There goes Andretti up alongside. Of course, Andretti leading the race. He moves up alongside Derringer. They're playing cat and about five cars in a pack off these turns at speeds better than 170 miles an hour. There goes Andretti into the number three corner and back to radio control. Yes, Andretti once again out there in the lead. That tiny one who's done such a great job for the Petty team this afternoon running in second position. Darrell Derringer now lying in third spot. And, of course, uh, Fred Lorenzen still holding on in the fourth position. He has now passed Paul Goldsmith, who was the fourth car in that five-car draft, and up to Hal Hammer. Okay, still Andretti, of course, first, and Lorenzen second in the race, but on this pack, uh, Lorenzen now is in that number three spot in the pack with uh, Mario Andretti out front, and... Uh, Tony Lund in the second spot going down that back straightaway. It might be that Freddie wants to make a move now and move up there. It's about time with 175 laps gone, about 25 to go. He could be making his move back to radio control. Richard Petty in the pits once again there for Tiny Lund upholds the hopes of any of the Petty team as he closely trails around in the year-old car that he's driving. But uh, you'd never know it to see the way he hangs on to Mario Andretti. He's got his hands full to get rid of the big Goliath to his small David. At the end of 170 laps, it was Andretti and Ford, Lorenzen and Ford running 1-2. That was five laps ago. One lap behind was Lund in third spot, James Hilton in Dodge in fourth position. Two laps behind, Jerry Grant in Plymouth. And uh, three laps behind, Paul Goldsmith in Plymouth, four laps behind, Darrell Derringer in Ford. So it isn't for the actual racing uh, positions that they're going now, but it's a question of trying to one-lap themselves if they possibly can. I saw a puff of smoke coming out there, and they're passing you now, Barney. What is that? That again is Bobby Isaacs. He's still out there running. Isaacs isn't giving up at all. This uh, car breathing quite a bit of smoke, but Isaacs is still sticking in there. It throws me every time I see him coming through the turn. I think somebody's blowing an engine. Back to radio control. Yes, it's certainly looks that way, and we'll be back. We've had uh, two developments here. Bobby Isaac, we remarked a few moments ago, has been doing such a lot of smoking Well, they finally put the black flag on him and called him in. They are afraid that might blow, and uh, 
What did you say, Fred? Paul Goldsmith just came into the pits, drove it right into the back of the wall, and apparently is, has uh, more trouble than just a plain pit stop. It's either out of the race or they have some welding or repairing to do behind the wall. I think, however, he is out of the race. Well, we're going to ask uh, George Allen in uh, whose section his pit lies to find out for us and come back and see if he has some information as to the fortunes or misfortunes of Paul Goldsmith. Let's go down to the third turn, Bob. There's one fell out here this afternoon that's not going to win the race for sure, but every time the checker flag comes out, he seems to always be there, and that's Wendell Scott from Dansville, Virginia. NASCAR's only uh, Negro uh, entered in the Grand National Racing, and Wendell's been going around here all afternoon, staying out of trouble and doing a real fine job. And I'll tell you, this, this fellow here has been around a long time. He's won a couple of Grand Nationals in his career on short tracks. He said he sure would like to win here someday, but he's going to be out there trying. Back to Radio Control. Up to Hal Hamrick. Okay, the lead car's uh, still going around, and it uh, looks like Freddie Lorenzen has got himself a Plymouth to hang on to now. He's right on the back bumper of Tiny Lund as they move through the triumphal bend now. Mario Andretti has about a, oh, 40 or 50 car length lead, uh, quite a bit of length to the lead over the uh, next pack of cars. Looks like Freddie Lorenzen might be uh, sort of checking that lead and trying to get around Tiny Lund now to get on up and uh, get with the Mario Andretti. Andretti, quite a bit of a lead now over the second place, Freddie Lorenzen, as he goes down the back straightaway, back to radio control. Yes, that looked as if it might be the time that Lorenzen decided to make his move, although he still has uh, 20 laps to go. We're now working on the 181st, so he has 19 laps to go. Uh, what do you see down there, Bob Smith, on the fourth turn? Well, I see Mario Andretti with a pretty healthy lead here as he comes through the fourth turn. Freddy Lorenzen doesn't seem to be making any effort to get like Johnny Lund right now. He's uh, still hanging on to that draft as they move through the fourth turn back to radio control. Freddy Agabation, you had an observation. Well, seriously, I can't understand why Freddy don't make his move now. He should be making it because he can't afford to let Andretti get too far away from him. Now, I don't think... Uh, uh, he has to draft Tiny Lund any longer for fuel mileage. He need not be towed now. I think he's all right on fuel, and he should be charging very shortly. In my opinion, he should have started a couple of laps ago to stay with Mario Andretti and then uh, fight it out to a... Well, there he makes his move now. Now he's going on by Tiny Lund, and he's after Mario Andretti because he's going to have to race Andretti to get it, that's for sure. Well, this is going to be the interesting part of the finale of this event, watching just uh, what Lorenzo will do. Mario does have a very nice lead. Now, I'd say about 20, oh, 25 or 30 cars length lead, and is all by himself out there. And Freddy Lorenzo now is all by himself. He dropped the draft that he was enjoying from Tiny Lun, and is now out there in second spot, and he's got a long way to go to catch up with Mario. Come in, Barney Hall. All right, Andretti is backing off a bit because we're getting down to the short rows the race right now. Lorenzen has moved around all the slower traffic. There are no cars between himself and Andretti. He definitely is closing. Of course, by running on Tiny Lund, he uh, did save a lot of wear and tear on the engine, reducing his chances of maybe blowing by drafting because he doesn't have to run at full throttle. Andretti still continues to lead him into the number three corner back to radio control. Without exception, I would say that the eyes of attention of everyone in the 
these jam-packed stands and infield uh, watching Mario Andretti and Freddie Lorenzo to see how this battle, and an epic battle it is going to be, may pan out. Whether or not Freddie Lorenzo waited too long to make his bid, or whether he was content to uh, rely on his own strategy remains to be seen, but it's going to be interesting as we follow them now. Andretti going down into the third turn, and Lorenzo halfway down the long back chute at this present moment. Come in, Bob McGinley. Yes, Ted, and uh, Lorenz is losing ground. He decided to get behind Tiny Lund once again. There's a possibility Lorenz feels that maybe Mario has to go into the pit and he'll inherit the lead, but uh, if he doesn't do something soon, he's going to have the door shut in his face. Back to radio control. Up to the first turn. Okay, let's see what is going to happen. Both of these cars should, be, uh, should have to make one more pit stop, if nothing else, but for just a little bit of gasoline. Because they made the last one, if my calculations are, are right, uh, before that 170 mark. So they might uh, possibly go, but it's very doubtful if they can go the distance without another pit stop. Andretti is moving in such a, uh, fast, at such a fast pace, he's really using up the gas. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Freddie Lorenzen has been staying back drafting all day. Looks like he wanted to make his move while ago. He has not now. He's still behind uh, Tiny Line. We'll see in a moment what happens right now back to radio control. 14 laps to go, 14 laps in his pretty aggravation. Uh, Lee Petty, the, uh, the crew of Tiny Lund, Lee Petty, just gave him a, a signal to draft. They want Freddy off his back. They want him on Freddy's back. And uh, Tiny just backed off of the back straightaway, and so did uh, Lorenzen. However, things are changing now. He's behind Lorenzen, as he was told to do, so he saw the signal the first time around. And he wants... Oh, I imagine Lee wants him to stretch the mileage and let Freddie go out by himself. All things being equal, Fred, uh, and sizing up the situation out here on the track, if uh, everything goes smoothly, can Lorenzen catch Andretti? Well, he hasn't got much time. He better get with it and get with it hard because that uh, Andretti is moving fast and he's not about to follow anybody, that's for sure. And as far as Lorenzen's concerned, I think he's a little late on his move. He must have quite a bit of horsepower in order, or would have to have much more horsepower to be able to pull up on Andretti. Andretti isn't slowing up or tiring any. That little Italiano boy is going. Indeed he is, and uh, he hasn't a soul in front of him to draft on. The nearest car is a full half-track length away. Yes, there's about four football fields between them now, so Mario is stretching. Mario isn't conserving anything now. He's racing. He's full out right now. He's going all the way. Goes down the back stretch now, down toward the third turn. Come in, Bob McGinley. Yes, and Mario has the whole back stretch and the corners to himself as he breezes through in the middle groove. Looking down now, we have coming up onto the uh, entrance of the turn, we have 42 Tiny Lunch, 28 Lorenzen, and Dial Turner, 26 in a three-car draft. Back to radio control. All right, thank you very much. I wonder if any signals are going out, Fred. Uh, well, no, but there's only one chance that... Freddie Lorenzen has now, depending solely upon the yellow flag coming out to close up the distance between he and Mario Andretti. Now, if he's gambling on that, that's a poor gamble because it could happen, but it's just liable not to. 
Very true. Let's go over to Barney Hall. Andretti coming off the number two corner. You know, Lorenzo Sainz, he's been drafting ever since that last pit stop on somebody, except for the last few laps. He is now back on the bumper again of uh, Tidy Lund, and maybe, just maybe, he could be gambling on that fuel that he might take a chance on it and let Andretti go in for fuel. Back to radio control. And Lund doesn't seem to be uh, too anxious to have Lorenzo in back of him. He lost him for uh, about a one lap, and then Lorenzo dropped back and is drafting again, as we see they're going through the third and the fourth turns. Come in, Bob Smith. Yes, they're coming by me right now, and I know, noticed when it happened that uh, Fred Lorenzen backed off and made Tiny Lund go on around him. It looks like Lorenzen is moving out uh, to make a move now, but he, he decides not to. He drops back behind Lund as they move into the trial. Back to where he'll control. The strategy of this uh, type of racing is really something interesting for anybody, for anybody who gives it uh, considerable thought, and so many of you along the line Oh, that's find it. It's not just one by uh, putting your foot down. You plan these things well, well in advance. At the end of 180 laps, it was Mario in Ford and Lorenzen in Ford, and it still is in the first two positions. Tiny Lund is lying in third spot, but he is one lap behind. In fourth spot is James Hilton, and he too is one lap behind the two uh, front-running cars. Two laps behind is Jerry Grant, and four laps behind uh, Paul Goldsmith, uh, who now I believe is out of the race, uh, Darrell Derringer, Sonny Hutchins, and in ninth position, uh, uh, Richard Petty in tenth position, Jim Herdebeast. We'll be back in 60 seconds. This is the International Speedway Network. We're back at the Speedway, and... Uh, if we were to not know as much about racing as we do, we'd say that Mario had this sewed up, but you never say that before the last lap is completed and the checker flag is dropped. That's an old truism, and I know you realize it. But right at the moment, it doesn't seem to be that anything other than an untoward uh, occurrence uh, could cause him to lose this event. Right now, his lead is considerable. He passes just below us here now, and Freddie Lorenzen is not yet out of the fourth turn. So he has a straightaway advantage, which is considerable. Let's go up for the first turn. He sounds very nice going through here. He made his uh, last pit stop about five laps before Lorenzen. Whether or not Lorenzen was gambling on that, we don't know. He's been very lucky in many times. Of course, he's a great driver. Don't take that away from him. Right now, Lorenzen passes underneath us, and he is uh, right now pulling Tiny Lund along with him right behind them, Daryl Derringer. And of course, all the way into the third turn, a complete straightaway out in front is Mario Andretti. Back to radio control. We have seven laps yet to go, and those seven laps are going to go very rapidly at the speed, although I do believe that Mario may have backed off just a little bit to conserve the engine and to take care of any possible eventuality. He doesn't need to charge as he did before, and it's possible that he has slowed down to some degree, but certainly not enough to hold out too much hope to Freddie Lorenzen, who comes out of the fourth turn now as Mario goes right up into the first turn. So there you get some sort of an idea of the distance separating these cars. Lorenzen now is latching on to Darrell Derringer, who in turn is latching on to Tiny Lund as they go up into the first turn. Bonnie Hall, come in, please. All right, it's uh, still Andretti. He doesn't seem to have backed off too much, maybe a little bit, as you mentioned, but he's still not taking any chances. But if he gets much more of a lead on Lorenzen, he could possibly have a chance to duck in those pits, take in some fuel if he needed to, and still make one whale of a race out of it. Back to radio control. And up to you, Hal Hammer. Okay, Andretti coming back up this way. Uh... Darrell Derringer is leading the draft now, that three-way draft between himself and Fred Lorenzen and Tony Lund. Mario Andretti uh, increasing that lead seemingly. 
these other cars, even though they're drafting, slowing uh, down a little bit. He goes through here once again. That car still running very nicely. And uh, Mario Andretti looks like he's headed toward that victory lane. However, as you say, anything can happen. We uh, saw that happen on the white flag many times. So we'll have to wait and see. Back to radio control. I'm inclined to correct my statement that I made a few moments ago that Mario seemed to be backing off slightly. Uh, you get such a distorted idea of speed after you watch these boys for close to 500 miles that if they uh, go uh, one RPM slower than they have been doing, you think they're slowing down. Actually, they're not at all. Mario doing a beautiful job, taking advantage of the banks as he goes high, coming off the third and fourth turn, sweeps into the trioval directly below us. There he goes, as I speak to you now. And once again, up to Hal Hammer. Okay, here comes Andretti right toward us now, and uh, the car still clicking along. Still moving very nicely as he moves to these turns. He's moved in and out of this traffic beautifully. He's a real fine chauffeur from up in USAC uh, country, and he's uh, really showing them how here today. Back to radio control. The signal for five laps to go is just being given now with the hand outstretched by Johnny Bruner looking down on the track from his pulpit about 12 to 14 feet above the cars. And so they all know just where they stand. They're about four and a half laps from coming home, and the way it looks now, they won't have any problems. At least we are hopeful safe in saying that. Now let's go over to Bob McGinley again. Jimmy Hilton, who's running in fourth spot behind uh, Tiny Lund, and both of them being in the same lap, Tiny uh, just could be passed by Hilton. Hilton at the present time has been closing rapidly. He's now about 20 car lengths behind uh, Tiny Lund in the uh, Petty Plymouth. Hilton had been behind Richard Petty. Uh, and has now moved out about 10 car lengths in front of him. So it looks like uh, Hilton realizes if he can get by 42, he can get third place back to radio control. Yes, at the end of 190 laps, uh, the official standing showed a speed of 145.8 with two Ford products, Mario and Lorenzen running one, two, one lap behind a Plymouth with Tiny Lund and uh, a Dodge with uh, Jimmy Hilton and two laps behind a Plymouth with Jerry Grant in fifth position. The, uh, we're working on the 197th lap now, three laps to go, and all going well so far. Let's go over to Barney Hall. Ed, we might mention that this is going to be the biggest payday that NASCAR has put on any driver uh, right here in this race today. So Mario is really going to take home a paycheck should he be able to keep this lead. It'll be the, the uh, biggest payout for a NASCAR race that they've ever had. Back to radio control. Yes, we made mention of that a little bit earlier in the uh, in the race. As a matter of fact, when we first gave the lineup, this has been this will be a close to a $200,000 purse, the largest ever offered by NASCAR for any race on any speedway. And the share that Mario will get, if indeed Mario wins the race, will be considerable. Uh, Bob Smith, come in, please. Well, we notice that Fred Lorenzo now is running all by himself. Uh, Daryl Merringer no longer with him, nor is Tiny Lund. He's out there all alone. And Mario Andretti seems to be picking up more and more distance on Lorenzo uh, each lap. So right now, Andretti is really in great shape as Fred Lorenzo moves through the third and fourth turn. Now back to the radio control. Just because we all like to talk about uh, large amounts of money, I've just looked uh, at Richard the... Petty just blew an engine in the third corner. Richard Petty drifting around with a blown engine. Yes, indeed. We see him coming off the fourth turn now, coming in. Richard Petty, who had lasted this long, now coming into pit road, a plume of smoke going out the back of him. And that great young man from Randall, North Carolina, has had it. on the fourth turn. Car number 40 is sitting, coming through the fourth turn. That's Jerry Grant. 
Uh, number 10 also, that's Jim Hurtaby spinning coming through here. They're hitting the oil. They're hitting the oil of Lorenzen. Coming through, or rather the oil of the car that just blew. Coming through is Mario Andretti. He makes it through. He makes it through the oil. Uh, Mario Andretti made it through. He's coming through to you now. We have Jim Hurtaby uh, on the grass. He's got his car underway now, and he's heading in towards the pit. Car number 40, Jerry Grant. That car beginning to smoke a bit now as he's in there. He's got it underway. He's heading into the pits also. Now back to radio control. Both those cars are running. The caution flag is out right now. White, white flag. And the caution and white are out together. This is the last lap. The caution out to all intents and purposes. That's the way it'll end up with Mario Andretti, the winner. His share of the Speedway purse is $22,500, and he will also get a sizable amount in lap money and in uh, accessory monies as well. That was unfortunate, naturally, for number 40, Jerry Grant of... Uh, the West Coast, Jerry, quite a sports car driver in his own right, and now taking to the uh, the stocks for some of the large purses that they offered. Here comes number 42, Tiny Lund, in. So to all intents and purposes, the race is over, and we'll be going down. And yes, here comes the checker now, uh, just as a uh, uh, proper way to conclude a race. Although with the white and caution out at the same time, there could have been no passing, so the race was actually concluded one lap early, but it'll go for the full distance. And you know something, uh, James Hilton from Inman, South Carolina, the rookie of the year for NASCAR, second place man, by the way, in the NASCAR championship, will be running in third spot. That's a, a mighty good jump for a little fella, I'll yes. tell you. Yes, and uh, Fred, as you know, of course, he, up to last year, had been mechanic for some of the top cars, but never had one himself, and uh, he's done a great job. Right, he and uh, oh, about two other men are the entire crew. That's right, that's right. Well, we're happy to see it because he's just as nice a guy as he is a good driver. Now let's get down to the track here and see just what is happening. Of course, we'll have uh, activity in Victory Lane in just a few moments, as soon as this car comes around. Uh, I don't spot him at the moment, do you, Fred? Uh, Andretti, is he taking a, uh, an insurance lap, perhaps? Insurance lap, certainly would. Yeah, uh, that might be him over there on the back stretch. He's in the uh, number two corner, Ted, coming around right okay, now. Okay, fine. We'll follow him around. We'll go to Bob McGinley. Will you follow him around with us, Bob? Uh, go ahead, Ted. Will you follow around with uh, Mario Andretti and keep us advised as he makes progress? Is he over there on the second, on the uh, third turn? Ted, he's, he may be coming down. It looks like he's coming down the back chute right now. Uh -huh. And here he comes. He's going to McGinley now. He's coming I down and he's running very, very slowly, cruising right along. And some of the fans here are giving him a wave as he goes by. Goes up into the second lane, taking it very easy. And uh, I imagine he's quite a happy boy to score a big win like this in the NASCAR ranks that uh, adds to his USAC championship. and. Uh, Imagine the Pennsylvanians would be happy about that. Back to radio control. Yes, he's had a great afternoon, and after all, when you say he's traveling slowly, he's not going anywhere right now, you know, uh, except into Victory Lane. And, of course, that ordeal is quite something. After driving 500 miles, he'll have uh, all the pretty girls who are attached to various manufacturing concerns greeting him. And, of course, we'll have our microphones down there, too. And... Oh, there's a big sign up on his blackboard, and all it says is a dollar sign, and I'm sure he's seen it. <laughs> yes, sir, a big dollar sign, and how rightly so. 
And now let's go down to Harry Johnson and Ken Squire in victory lane. It all comes down to this. 50 tried, 49 did not arrive in the most hallowed ground in automobile racing. Mario Andretti of Nashville, Pennsylvania is in victory lane. 28 years old, he still has not rolled his windshield down. He's taking off the helmet. A very happy, ecstatic young man. He'll climb out on the right side of the car. The car that has carried him to the richest stock car race and the greatest stock car race, there's no question. But what this has been the very best. Mario Andretti, we need you out on this side if we can. Hey, I don't know, you blew them better than Mario Andretti getting out of the automobile and getting the congratulations of the crowd. We're trying to get over to him here now. Let's see if we can get in to have a word now with Mario Andretti. He's there. Mario, this is for radio and for the television folks around the world that are in with you today. How did it go? It looked like a beautiful ride. Well, it was beautiful, I tell you. With a Ford uh, mounted on Firestones, you just can't lose. Mario Andretti, what about the entire distance? How many pit stops? Uh, I think we had five, uh, just about what we had scheduled, and uh, I'm glad I held out on that first one. I think uh, that one gave me a little bit of an edge, but uh, the, the car just ran beautiful and handled nice. Just a uh, lovely day. Were there any unscheduled stops on the automobile today, Mary? Any unscheduled no. problems? None at all. No, everything went just as smooth as still. Toward the end there, I was a little worried because uh, we were all bunched up, and uh, once I shook the draft, I uh, shook him from me, I, I thought I was all right. You look like you're turning some awfully fast laps awfully early in the race. Well, yes, the car was just, as I said, working beautifully, and I was trying to go as hard as I could. I wasn't going to save anything, so I'm glad it lasted and uh, I guess it paid off. Mario Andretti of Nazareth, Pennsylvania, here in Victory Lane, about to receive the awards and trophies. Now we're taken back in the tower and we'll have a wrap-up for you in just a few moments. I do want to say that Donnie Allison was the lucky boy who was voted by members of the press to receive the first Pat Purcell trophy donated to the rookie of the Daytona 500. Donnie Allison won that trophy as a result of the uh, betting, or rather the voting, by the members of the press. Now here were the standings at the end of the race. The average speed, 146.926 miles an hour. The race took three hours, 24 minutes, and 11 seconds. Mario Andretti of Nazareth, Pennsylvania, drove the, uh, his Ford to win by a substantial margin, about a half a track length, I would say, over Freddie Lorenzen of Elmhurst, Illinois, also in Ford. Tiny Lund of Cross, South Carolina, in Plymouth, finished third. James Hilton of Inman, South Carolina, in Dodge, was fourth. Jerry Grant of California in Plymouth was fifth. Darrell Derringer of Charlotte in Ford was sixth. Richard Petty of Randleman, North Carolina in Plymouth was seventh. And Sonny Hutchins was eighth in Ford. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.